to the PTUK Christmas Special 2021. Carlos here, and joining me, as always, here in the PTUK festive studio is Matt Smith. I know. what Whose idea was it to have a roaring log fire on behind us? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. If you if you move to one side, look, there we go. See, he's just keeping his hands warm. Look, I'd hate for him to be cold. Yeah. No, don't do that. That's dangerous, honestly. He's trying to put his hands in the fire here. Honestly, child. <laughs> he's like... Uh, I so didn't realise you came with a carer. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not here at the moment. Right. Um, but welcome, welcome to you, Matt. Thank you for uh, for joining me this, uh, on this pleasure. festive show. I didn't have a lot of choice. It's in my home. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so joining us as well from his festive retreat in the glorious Buckinghamshire countryside in the manor, it's Neville Bounds. It's a bit chilly today too, I have to say. But uh, it is Christmas, so what do you expect? Uh, quite uh, yeah great to uh great to be on another christmas show fabulous stuff oh my goodness yes loving the festive shirt nev yeah it's a bit um i think i spilled some, spilled some chocolate down it earlier actually so i'm going to change it oh no never mind, never mind. <laughs> yes, are you are you in full christmas party mode i mean have you had any christmas parties this year uh, we have had the uh, the company Christmas party, the UK one in uh, London. Which oh, number ten? Nice. Uh, no, we. <laughs> oh, oh, oh aboard! Walk away! <laughs> oh dear, dear. In our company, yeah. we are in our company. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no politics here, please. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Nev, you were so rudely. No, I was just going to say, in our company, we are allowed to have Christmas parties. So. <laughs> well, yes, quite. But, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, great to see everybody again, and um, yes, looking forward to a bit of a break. Uh, I over bet. the uh, festive period, yes. I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Have you have you had a, a works do, Carlos? <laughs> what with me, my boss, and one other staff member? Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's a, right. you know, a tr- go down the pub. Well, quite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. We're, I think we're planning something in the new year. We have been very busy on the run up to Christmas, so uh, we haven't had a lot of time to do anything. I really. No, no. Fair mm. enough. Okay. We have got a whole host whole host of hosts joining us on the Christmas special today. So we'll start at the top of the list. And it's everyone's favourite uncle, our main man, Micah. Hello, boys and girls, and Merry Christmas. It's so nice to be able to, to be with you again. This is, this is a, my favourite Christmas party of the year, every year. Oh, that's very yes. Now, of course, it's it's uh, it's not not a holiday that you sort of uh, that that uh, I mean, you you sort of participate, but it's is it is it Hanukkah for you, isn't it? More the the big uh, 
Well, Hanukkah's already over. Hanukkah's oh, right. over at the uh, oh, so you get two. Yeah. <laughs> so, but 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 the, 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 this this is the party. Let's let's just yeah. say it. This ah, is the one absolutely. That everybody needs to attend. Now, UK Christmas, of course, absolutely. Now, I, now, of course, you you you've not been very well lately, have you? I uh, did even after my uh, my two vaccines and my booster shot and wearing a mask wherever I go I did manage to uh, to catch some covid but uh, I can let you know the monoclonal antibodies were were lots of fun I've never had injections in my stomach before mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of interesting and uh, you know it could have been in worse places that uh, that uh, someone else alluded to earlier but uh, fortunately yeah. uh, that didn't happen and uh, and I'm on the upswing I just can't taste or smell anything so I'm not going to be uh, probably partaking in as much Christmas roast this year as I might have in the Oh, goodness me. Don't panic. Captain Al is not with us on this special show today, so you'll be okay with the smells. (laughs) Absolutely, that's true. It'll all be safe. Well, I'm delighted you're on the men, Micah. That's the main thing. Mm. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for having me here. And joining us as well, across the pond, it is the master of all things 3D printed. It is Brian Coleman. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's so good to be here. Um, Micah, since I guess Hanukkah is over, does that mean that we all get Christmas gifts from you now? Because it's uh, the time of giving. And since you can't taste, we get all your whiskey that you can't enjoy? No, absolutely. You know, and, and it, it was a Hanukkah miracle. You know, I charged my phone at the beginning of Hanukkah and the battery lasted the full eight days. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> that can't be an iPhone. <laughs> so how, how are things for you, Brian? Uh, besides it being, uh, what, 6.20 a.m.? Right. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important to have the morning beer. Right. So, uh, yes. yeah, yes. Bre- breakfast beer for, for today. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they all, say all decorated that, and, yeah, ready for Christmas. They say that Guinness is essentially a meal in a glass. Maybe that's the route you should have mm, gone down. That's nice. <laughs> Blast that time difference, honestly. Well, good quite. Enough. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and moving back to the uk for our next guest on the christmas special and it wouldn't be a PTUK christmas special but without our very own santa claus <laughs> captain nick <laughs> ho, ho, ho. merry christmas everybody and uh if you only want three hoes then i can probably find you a fourth if you want Right. Okay. I don't know. Really, I'm a little bit scared to go down that route, frankly, so early in the recording. So we'll we'll abort there. Uh, of course, I tell, uh, tell you what, Nick's gone the whole hog. He's, he's got the he's got the hat on. He's got the beard. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's got the background. Yeah. He's even got the rosy cheeks. Right. Uh, absolutely. Yes. I put makeup on specially for you. Oh, very good. Yeah, uh, very good. Uh, I wish sometimes that I was a bit like Micah and I had no taste, but. Sadly, <laughs> Well, I mean, I've seen I've seen the jumper. I'll be honest with you. So clearly, taste is a problem as far as that is concerned. Uh, now, uh, of course, we're we're we're, we're you're joining us uh, off the back of a very successful APG five hundredth, of course. Oh, absolutely uh, fabulous! A pure stroke of uh, luck that we, we were able to get on the air since the internet in uh, the fine place the. Oh, no. uh, uh, Farnborough Air Sciences Trust Museum uh, turned out to be uh, have a few problems as we came up to launching. And, oh uh, goodness! Uh, yeah, I just have to you know take my hat off to uh, the fine uh, youngsters who pitched up with their very expensive iPhones and connected us to the internet and, and with a connection that was brilliant and kept us going for the whole show. So. Uh, 
Uh, absolutely fabulous. And here I thought <coughs> I thought you borrowed the uh, PT UK satellite truck. <laughs> well, Nev uh, did offer, but uh, he forgot to bring it. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I did mean to ask you my, my question for the whole thing, because we couldn't quite see it on the cameras. How was the cable management? Uh, it was under the table, say no more. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Quite. I mean, I have many questions to ask Nev at some point. This is more of a chat off air because uh, you, you weren't using a conventional mixer, which I found absolutely fascinating because it was a, it was a digital mixer, wasn't it, that you were using on on the day? Yes, and I shan't be using one of those again. Oh, okay, right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, all right, moving swiftly on. Yeah, I won't ask any further questions. There we go. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, nothing. You know what they say about workmen and their tools. Oh, stop uh, well, it. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, lovely weather we're having. Yeah, right it now. is. Yeah, let's let's not fight, children. Hey. Okay. Anyway, Carlos, I, I have the same mixer right here, and I'm talking to you through it. Okay. Well, let, let me just say that uh, based on all of this equipment discussion, you guys are going to love the Christmas story this year. Oh. Oh, right. Oh, there we are. A teaser for later on. Talking about Micah's equipment. Lovely. Good. Okay. Once again, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, you lot. (laughs) And also joining us from the UK, from the Layovers podcast, it wouldn't be a Christmas show as as well without Paul. Ho, ho, ho. Omicron. Yeah, I'm sorry. As, a, oh. as, as the token Bold. Greek, I have to apologize for all my ancestors who all of you have to learn the Greek alphabet on this way. I'm very happy to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me again. And a Merry Christmas to all. So now we haven't seen you for so long, Paul. I mean, what, what have you been up to this last sort of, what, it feels like a year since we've been here. Was it, the, was it the, the, probably the Christmas show last year yeah. was the last time we caught up? <laughs> uh, yeah, because I've been in a hermit. No, I've moved no, house. I, I've done a lot of things, but it's true that I haven't been, uh, I haven't, I've only been in a single flight in the past two years, actually. So wow. Yeah, my goodness yeah, me. Yeah, my life has changed a lot. I mean, of course, that will change again back when this gets better. But yeah, so that's also wow. why. So, but lots of work, to be honest. Lots of work, uh, a bit boring work, not the kind of stuff that we talk here. So that's why I was a bit uh, like a hermit again. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, I mean, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you've been doing in the meantime, you where you've, you've sort of switched, you're still sort of doing the things that you've been doing. But of course, it's all um, sort of like virtual. I mean, that, that must have been quite a challenge obviously to, to to move uh things i mean obviously major investments no doubt required to sort of do y- your thing like you know down the line yeah i mean i'm not going to bore people with equipment because uh <laughs> center bloody klaus will also talk about my equipment this time uh, so, but i did a lot of investment i have an entire uh, home studio um but that bought that i did mostly actually in uh march 2020 i bought wow okay a lot uh, uh, but I've done stuff like I'm just going to mention what was really cool. I've um, there was a production company based within Beirut and Dubai, and I was hosting for two days live from my home studio in my socks, and we had like I think twenty five thousand people watching wow, the, wow. the world. It was really cool. It's still not the same though. It's not fun like like now. I would rather hang out with you than been talking to a camera. Right? <laughs> well, it's lovely to have you with us, Paul, Thank as you. always for the Christmas show. Uh, we may have another little guest joining us a bit later on, but um, uh, should we move on with the show? Okay, then? yeah. yeah. Now, now this will be a terrible surprise to everyone, but I haven't actually read the show notes, so <laughs> okay, you're going to have to change. <laughs> you know, I'd hate, I'd hate for tradition to be broken, obviously. <laughs> 
<laughs> so okay. big, uh, big welcome to everyone who has joined us for our Christmas special today, and uh, thanks everyone for uh, for choosing to watch us on this festive uh, uh, occasion, I should say. Uh, but we have got some festive news stories uh, Ooh, to go we? through this uh, on this show. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Matt, if you want to uh, hit the button, ready when you are. Okay. And kicking off uh, this first festive news story on the cbc.ca forward slash radio and lots of other stuff I can't go into. <laughs> uh, the headline is, after decades of dropping candy from the sky, this Inuk pilot is taking Christmas off. So the jolly man who flies through the sky dropping presents to excited children is taking a break this Christmas day. No, it's not Santa, so don't panic. Right. It's 76-year-old bush pilot Johnny May, much to the dismay of his community. Every year for the past 55 years, except 2020, the Inuk pilot has flown over, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that, but a place in northern Quebec, beginning with K, uh, dropping everything from candy, toys and warm clothes to coupons for TVs. Wow. Chainsaws and fridges. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Chainsaws (laughs) from the sky? What? (laughs) What could possibly go wrong there? All the great turkey drop on WKRP. Oh, yeah. Although these particular (laughs) items are delivered in the form of a certificate in an envelope. Uh, this year, May will be spending Christmas at home with his family and says he's made Slacker. a decision for several reasons. <laughs> uh, the uh, pandemic, his aeroplane is under repair and he decided a couple of years ago that it was time to spend Christmas on the ground. He says he's mixed emotions about the decision, but one thing he's looking forward to is not waking up early to check the weather. I guess so. He'll be miss... He said he's going to miss it very much indeed, but he has his many grandchildren with him. And it'll be a good time to be together with family and not worry about the weather. This year will also be extra special because his sister will be delivering the Christmas address to the nation in her new role as Governor-General. So May's, uh, May said he's got the idea for the gift drop from his childhood. His father was the manager at Hudson Bay Post in that village beginning with K, and every winter they would toss hard candy from the roof to Inut, her, her, who had Village come. beginning with K? You're not getting away with that. What, what? Well, you pronounce it then. Q-Jack. <laughs> oh, Q-Jack. There Bless we go. you. There right. we go. <laughs> okay. uh, so when May got his pilot's licence, he decided to continue the tradition of his father, and he would load his plane with presents and his helper elves and take to the sky as crowds gra- gathered on the ground. Uh, apparently when he's over the drop zone, they yell back at them to drop usually at the end of a 45 minute to one hour flight his voice is quite hoarse from yelling too much from the flight deck he said an inspector told him he was breaking two rules apparently flying much lower than the minimum of a thousand feet and also breaking the rules by throwing goods out of an airplane Uh, may was (laughs) oh (laughs) may was unfortunately told he could face a fine of up to a thousand dollars but uh, he called made a call to the then mayor larry watt who uh, told uh, transport canada to send the fine to him and he would be happy to pay Uh, the inspector was not wanting to be a grinch and proposed a compromise now may is allowed to fly as low as 60 meters from the ground and he tries to drop the presents to the side of the crowd instead of directly on top of them this might be a good idea even though may won't be flying this year that doesn't mean the candy drop is cancelled last year when the drop was cancelled because of the pandemic may says his elves suggested that he do a candy drop from his 1973 
Ford pickup truck. And it took three or four <laughs> trucks driving through the town to deliver all the goods. Aww. Oh, wow. Hold on, Kujak, Kujak. Isn't that the guy, the bald guy with the lollipop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very similar. Yes, absolutely. We'll go with that. Well, isn't yeah, that a nice appropriate story? Lots of candy. Yeah, yeah I guess. They, and also, yeah, very appropriate. Lots of candy. And also, uh, not delivering presents, more solving murders, I think, is was the first. Very true. Well, he certainly <laughs> wasn't the first flying Santa, was he, my car? No, there certainly was a flying Santa that I believe was part of a plane tales that took place over Berlin. Oh, Ooh. yeah, absolutely. The uh, Raisium Bomber. Um, the, uh, the lovely, I, I can't remember the guy's name now. He caught me the off. Candy I was thinking man. of the, uh, the chap who flew around Maine. Uh, delivering uh, candy to all the lighthouse keepers oh, well, from his that, aircraft. That as well, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but I uh, immediately, I always think of the, the DC-4. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, During yeah. the Berlin airlift, throwing yeah. uh, candy I remember out that on little time. parachutes to, to the kids uh, who were having a pretty rough time of it during that period because uh, food was very short supply. So, lovely story, though. They're doing it up in uh, uh, northern Canada. Perhaps you could try it in this country, Nick. I think you'd be good at that. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I'm just trying to think uh, who would complain. So somebody would get a piece of candy in the eye and right. be taken straight to court, <laughs> to court wouldn't yeah. I? I, I, I mean, it would be yeah. challenging from an A340, I suppose. Or well, there is that, yeah. yeah. I need I a think I, Sir I need Richard a would let you borrow one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you, and so, yeah. I mean, I, I know we've we've sort of spoken about this before, uh, yeah. Nick. But because uh, now that you've retired, have you have you have you been tempted to do any like GA flying or anything like that since? Uh, since Fly, then? damn dangerous idea. <laughs> Catch me up in a damned aeroplane. No, no, okay, I uh, I haven't had uh, the urge yet. Really? It might come across? No, no, certainly not. It might happen one day. You never know. Mm. Never know your luck. But uh, too busy no, in retirement. Uh, I am very busy, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I bulk at taking on another hobby, uh, even though it probably would be great fun. Yeah. Uh, but mm. at the moment, uh, I've got way too much. Got way too much. Yeah, too busy. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. So, Micah, you've got the next story, and it's over your neck of the woods for this next story. And it's this particular airline who seems to do something nice every year. Well, it's not exactly my neck of the woods, but certainly my side of the pond. And this comes to us from one mile at a time. And it has to do with WestJet and a Christmas miracle. And they're doing this Christmas miracle concept. The Calgary-based airline publishes a video annually, and it spreads some sort of Christmas cheer, typically in the form of giving gifts or uniting families and friends. More often than not, the videos are going to make you cry or, or at least make you have to work really hard to hold back your tears. Now, Westjet describes its 2021 miracle video like this. Real people, real stories from lockdowns, porch visits and postponed reunions to missing holiday traditions. Christmas 2020 created distance for everyone. As a company built on care and connection, we wanted to help Canadians make up for lost time by granting the Christmas wishes that matter most, connecting you to your loved ones. Now, Without giving away too much, WestJet asks a bunch of people on the street what they're missing the most around the holidays. And with the lockdowns and travel restrictions, many people say that they miss their loved ones the most. And, well, I'll let you guess what WestJet, what WestJet does for them. We've all been looking forward to. 
Last year was hard for us all, coast to coast. So disguised as a film crew, WestJet asked, what did you miss the most? We're just filming a documentary. We're wondering if you'd like to answer a few questions. Last Christmas, what did you miss most? What I missed most last Christmas was getting together with our family. It was a different Christmas than any other Christmas. I have an autoimmune disease, so we really didn't see anyone. All my family live in Paris, so it has been like two years without Christmas, without them. Uh, we've been together in Toronto for about two years, um, and our family are back in the UK, so we, we haven't been able to see them in that time. It's been quite lonely without them. Really, for me, it was terrible because we used to do many things in Christmas time, but this year, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. I last saw my mum uh, May 2019, and we were supposed to see them that Christmas, but unfortunately, COVID happened, so uh, it's been two and a half years. They then posed the question that would fill Santa with glee. If you had one wish this Christmas, what would it be? One wish. I would love to see family. And I wish for everybody happiness only. To be able to travel, that would be my one wish. Miss those big family gatherings. For me is to go back to Manitoba with my family and have everyone in the same house. My family live far away, abroad, and my mom hasn't met my daughter yet. I wish that my family could be reunited this Christmas. And Patrick, Hi. on behalf of WestJet, Merry Christmas. And here are four round trip tickets to anywhere WestJet flies so you can be reunited with your family. Okay, go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. A little gift what for you guys. That? You can go ahead and open the envelope. Oh. <laughs> it's not wow. a joke. It's not a joke. I'm speechless. I haven't been able to afford, like, return tickets back. You guys, that's so nice. <laughs> it's been so lonely. It's really difficult to be without your mom. I can't wait to hopefully see her again soon and just give her a great big hug and tell her how much I missed her. Hi. Well, on behalf of WestJet, Merry Christmas. Oh my goodness. So we know it's been a tough year and we can't get you together with your family, but we'd like to warm your spirits with an all-inclusive vacation package to Cancun. Thank you. <laughs> WestJet took to the skies, full of happiness knowing their new guests on board would love where they're going. Then in a twinkling, they were down on the land. Wow. Little did they know just what WestJet had planned. Hola, Natasha and Cameron. Hi. Welcome to Mexico. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We're so excited to be here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so blue and so beautiful. Thank you so much. We're so excited. Welcome. I can't wait to get in the pool. We heard your story. I can't believe you haven't seen your family in over two years. That's a lot. We didn't think that was right. Everyone should be with their loved ones. But if you think this view is incredible, there's an even better view behind you. From London, England, they flew all the way across the water because there's no greater bond than a mother and daughter. From the ground far below to the sky up above, 
We all have places and people we love. We all have that someone that we miss the most. So this holiday season, hold them tight, hold them close. Whether you'll be with your loved ones or just wishing you might, Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good flight. That's nice. Oh, that's a nice thing. I mean, in the current you know, you know way the airlines and stuff are at the minute with um, with stuff, it was nice of WestJet to do that. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not putting my camera on for a minute because I've got a little moist corner. I'll be honest. I know. How <laughs> nice was that? Aww. Yeah, that was really nice. Oh well, it's very festive. That's, they they that's seem the to do that here, every year, don't they? WestJet do always right, pulls okay. something out of the bag. If you say yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, lovely video. Anyway, oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> oh, nice. nice gift. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nev, you have got the next uh, story for the uh, Christmas show. Yeah, another that's Canadian one. That's, oh, I was just thinking, this is the sort of thing that, that British Airways might do, isn't it? You yeah, know, They're true. very good at this kind of thing. So I'm mm. looking forward to seeing, uh, uh, listening all about them uh, here. But it's on the uh, businessinsider.com website, and it says that the Airline Passenger Experience Association, Apex, has dropped its 2022 World Class Airline Awards, and Middle Eastern carriers made up nearly half of the list. Uh, Apex, which is a non-profit and one of the world's largest international airline associations revealed its yearly rankings for the best airlines in the world in terms of safety, sustainability and service, focusing heavily on the customer experience. According to Apex, the awards are determined by a year of collecting surveys from passengers that rate the in-flight experience over several flights in each class, including economy, I've never heard of that class. <laughs> what now? <laughs> Must be a e- e-commerce, um, what? Sorry. <laughs> this is combined with professionals who audit each carrier's product and rate appropriately. Uh, the result determines which airline qualifies for the world-class award. And this year, seven made the cut. Of the seven, three are airlines from the Middle East, two are from Asia, and two are from Europe, with no US carriers <gasps> making the list. Ooh, oh, United didn't make what the list. Surprise. I can't believe wow. it. <laughs> uh, but the winners excelled again. The winners excel in all three categories, with service being the most tangible factor, like cabin seating and in-flight meals. Here are the top seven world-class airlines in the industry, according to Apex carriers are listed alphabetically how we're starting with e for emirates i don't know because that means that ba is not there but heck two what what, what a worry uh, anyway well, uh, so it's, we start with emirates dubai-based emirates has historically excelled in passenger service having taken the number four spot in skytrax's world's top 100 airlines this year apex awarded emirates with the best in-flight entertainment products and noted that the carrier has a quality first mindset high standards and and an engaging crew. Uh, Next up is Japan Airlines, who also fared well with Skytrax this year, taking the number five spot, so it's not surprising to see it making Apex's list. Uh, Skytrax awarded uh, awarded, uh, Japan Airlines with three awards, 
whilst Apex said it had outstanding hospitality and consistently good service from warm and welcoming cabin crews. Uh, next up is K- uh, KLM. Uh, they didn't make uh, the Skytrax's top 10 this year, sitting at number 16, but it received high praise from Apex for its sustainability. According to the organisation, KLM is a, leading, is a leader in reducing its environmental impact and has remarkably uh, remarkable efficiency and engagement on its short-haul flights. Uh, number four is Qatar, and they continued to collect awards this year after taking the number one spot for Skytrax and coming in at number two on Business Traveller's Best Airline list. Apex noted Qatar's onboard dining, praising its impeccable dish presentations and distinctive design. The organisation also said that the airline had a spacious, high-quality cabin. Mm-hmm. Number five is Saudi. Now, whilst they didn't make the Skytrax Top 20 list, it fared well with Apex's survey participants and professional auditors. The biggest takeaways are the company's commitment to safety, innovation, hospitality and dining experience. Saudi is one of the few airlines in the world that offers in-flight chefs to personalise meals. Uh, Another popular one, number six, Singapore Airlines. Uh, They're consistently named a world-class airline by organisations like Skytrax and the Business Traveller, and Apex is no different. The association complimented Singapore on its consistent service, customer attention, and notable brand integrity. And finally, Turkish Airlines. Now, although they didn't rank in Skytrax's top 10 best airlines list, it exceeded Apex's standards. Uh, The company is recognised for its high level of safety, generosity, brand integrity and cuisine. Like Saudia, Turkish offers in-flight chefs to improve the in-flight meal experience for premium passengers. Wow. Now, I've got some questions here, Nev. I'm going to fire Mm. one at you first of all. Now, I mean, all right, you've not flown much BA this year, frankly, because nobody has. Um, I've flown a lot of BA. I've flown a lot of flights. (laughs) But, I mean... It's not very far. No, fair enough. Yeah, Edinburgh and things. Yeah, Yeah. uh, it's... uh, I mean, what's the... um, Why do you think they they perhaps haven't appeared in this list? What what do you think it is that they're they're missing the point of, perhaps, here, which is why they're not being picked up by Apex? Uh, funding, I think, is the word. Okay, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't, don't forget um, that most airlines only make the real money in the premium cabins. Um, True. And, of course, there's been no US flying uh, for BA mm. until very recently. Um, and also, I think the Middle East airlines and Far Eastern carriers always excel mm. in this area. And I think it's very, very difficult for someone like BA to try and compete with them. So people like Singapore, Qatar, Emirates, they're always right up there in some of the best uh, airlines going. However, yeah. however, in the, the, the Skytrax uh, that was mentioned in the article you read, I think this year, BA jumped uh, high. I think it's 11th on Skytrax. Oh, okay. It's rare for BA, right? Yeah. Usually they're like, they're top 20, somehow they're not 11th. So it's actually a good good show, I think. Yeah. Now, you, I mean, you know, you, I'm you, not. Uh, go on, Micah, sorry. I was going to say, first of all, it's no surprise that no American carrier got on that list. <laughs> and, and, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to be negative about that. It's just the service is notoriously terrible uh, on, on all the, the big legs. <laughs> yeah, that's American not negative carriers. at all. Just truthful. It's just the truth. Yeah, it's just fact. Yeah. Um, I, I was not surprised to see that Emirates took number one for a variety of reasons, including the fact that they have 
perhaps the best flight attendant in the world. Good point, well made, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent point, and, well made. Which, yeah. you know, without a doubt. But I was surprised to see just that. Just one you know, of them, though? Yeah, oh, just, just, no, just the one. That's all they need. Just yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah, just one. Uh, but, I, no, seriously, and I was surprised to see that uh, Virgin Atlantic did not make the list because yeah, I that's a surprise. their service was truly uh, superb. Well, it's because it's gone downhill since, um, you know, since uh, a certain Father Christmas no longer flies for them, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what can I, I say? Yeah. Um, you're quite right, of course. Having yeah. said that, they they've got some of the loveliest airplanes in the world. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it is a little surprising. Having said that, I think a lot of companies uh, are suffering with uh, their finances. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't splash out and um, you know uh, provide fantastic in-flight conditions food etc when you're also trying to save money and survive as an airline yeah, so true. you know it's pretty hard to get up there <clears throat> Agreed. um i i was uh, a little bit curious about um some of these uh, in-flight chefs i mean <laughs> do they have just sort of random chefs uh they can put in the aircraft i mean so they have open fire you know like <laughs> oh right oh good yeah that, that sounds very safe yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, well, done, I've done turkish and i was always wondering if the chef isn't just someone who dresses up as one and serves you food it doesn't yeah. <laughs> just put, honestly yeah. and i'm not dissing yeah. here no, because no, no, i okay. really appreciate uh, Turkish um, uh, passenger experience, but I'm not sure if it's actually a chef. I mean, the guy or the woman just basically opens the dish. But food operative. Yeah, that was my point. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the 70s, they actually cooked food on, on, on the plane. Yeah, and they yeah. used to have a carvery that would go up. Uh, oh, you know, wow. In, wow. The bigger airplanes, and they yeah, would yeah. carve your your food in front of you etc but nowadays it's it's all pre-cooked and put on board i'm just wondering what the chef does that's so special i, I, I think i think it's how they pull away the cover i think that's yeah. the, yeah. the the and, trick and, there. And, yeah <laughs> and, and paul really keep in mind as long as you graduate from chef school or from culinary school you are considered a chef yeah you're right so yeah. you could be right. at the bottom of your class and still be a chef i, I would say i would say however that uh Turkish doesn't have a first class. I think not, not that I think so, but some of the carriers that I mentioned actually in this list have. They do have. I don't know if it's a chef. Like I remember Etihad had someone that could whip you something if you needed to in first. Now I, I don't know what it actually means, and the options might be limited. But they were able, for instance, to mix stuff that they had on the menu and create something different. And I, I think Mexico Aquinas had that as well. Um, whereas like for breakfast, they had a hot plate, an induction hot plate, and they would actually cook the eggs for you. In the oh, wow. Morning, which was, yeah, which was quite nice. Yeah, I bet. And, I bet. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, I, I really believe that BA didn't make the list because their um, cabin upgrade has either been stalled or they just went halfway through the the aircraft. Right. I mean, they, it, oh, uh, there are a bunch of cabins that are quite, <laughs> quite old. But they are. And of course, it's, it's all about the, the money at the end of the day. I mean, you know, uh, not getting any revenue coming in properly for the last two years has been sure. horrific. Uh, but however, to, I mean, with regard to uh, airline, um, you know, cabin upgrade programs, I would imagine. So, yeah, yeah. but having said, having said that, I think you're right. But it's unfair then to have KLM being featured on that list and not BA oh, because I've flown KLM in long haul business class and I'm 
it's a very old configuration. So maybe when they say remarkable efficiency, that means like maybe the seats are so small, that's the efficiency probably <laughs> uh, yeah. for KLM, KLM. I don't know. And I'm not dissing on KLM. KLM is a very efficient airline, but it's not a luxurious airline at all. So, uh, well, but, but it's also true having uh, Saudia on this list as well. I think that that might have been uh, compensation that they provided um, to the organizers of the list as opposed to their actual product. I mean, they've, they've made incredible progress. I still wouldn't put them in the top of, of the list. They, they still have a ways to go. So now, Paul, out of all of us, you've probably been the one sort of lucky enough to be able to uh, fly some of these premium products uh, because of, uh, you know, things that you've you've been doing in the past and that. I mean, how how does this list compare for you, perhaps, uh, in terms of uh, the, the airlines listed here? No, I think they all deserve it. I mean, I think Skytrax is probably slightly better, uh, but you never know how these lists, and I'm going to say all of them are pay um, to play, right? Like uh, suddenly you have some airline appearing at the top. I, it, the consistency is always Singapore, always Cathay, which probably isn't on this list this year because you haven't flown almost nothing. I mean, yeah, minus 98, 98% <laughs> yeah. of passenger traffic and 21 days of quarantine. Yeah. But I would say they all, they all pretty much deserve it. You know, there's not... Uh, I think, was it Brian that just mentioned the U.S. airlines? Yeah, I've just flown uh, to New York JetBlue in premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, how'd that I'll tell go? the story later. Uh, okay. And that was absolutely fantastic. Really? It's probably going to be the airline I'm going to fly to the U.S. every single time now. Wow. It's, so it's it's not reserved to uh, Middle Eastern carriers, you know, the usual, we think, because they, they might have subsidies, et cetera. And I, and I think BA does a great job. I've flown the BA, um, what's the name? Cluck. I refer to Nev Club Suite, the new yeah, um, the new Club Suite. Yes, yeah, it's a great product as well, you know. And yet, at, at the end of the day, what makes or breaks for me, at least, the a cabin is the the people. You know, you can have a so so cabin, but you have like super entertaining mm-hmm. and super kind and fun um, crew, and then that makes the experience. Um, I've, I've flown on first class when I was like. They don't give. A, sorry, they don't. They don't really care about the passengers. And then I've flown like an economy, and it was a super fun. Which is why I'm always been a fan of EasyJet, for instance, because it's for me literally every single time has been fun. So it's uh, it's more that that I would say. Uh, but let- but to to finish to finish. Sorry, the point is that I haven't flown a lot indeed during the past two years, and we'll see a rejiggling probably a little bit of of these uh, cabins. And it's certain that some are in better better position. Even in Singapore, you know, they have the huge domestic, the, the sovereign fund that can, you know, uh, give more loans to, um, to, for the airline to thrive, whereas probably BA has to go on the market and it's tougher. It's actually tougher. So we'll see a bit of rejiggling about the, uh, on this in the next few years, I think. And let me point out something. JetBlue Mint is notoriously good. I mean, absolutely fabulous, perhaps. Even domestic in the U.S., yeah. Really? domestic and they're doing that internationally across the right. pond and yeah. uh, they JetBlue in the mint they have a business class but they also have a two seats up front uh, that are actually they, they're starting to consider first class because they have even more room in those that's the one suites. I got that's, yeah, that's fabulous. <laughs> but I think the most important thing to point out about the fabulous service and how great you think it is, Paul, is that they're flying single-aisle aircraft, JetBlue Mint and A321. Yeah. And yep. people are all concerned about taking these, these single-aisle aircraft, the A321s, long distances because they're saying that it's just not going to work. But it does when you have the right type of service. And it's nothing that's unusual. We've been using uh, single-aisle aircraft from, from the beginning of the jet age with the 707 and the DC-8. So it's just 
finding a less expensive and more uh, environmentally friendly way to do it. And uh, and it can be fabulous service. And JetBlue is certainly always been one of the uh, the best in terms of service. Uh, U.S. domestic airlines and will now be an international airline as well. Yeah, so basically you've done you've done Transcon in the U.S., which is about the same time of same you know our type, and you have a single. Or I've done I've actually done mm-hmm. Eastern Europe to Qatar with Qatar Airways on a three twenty. So it's absolutely possible. We're not used to. It. It's true that when I enter that aircraft, I miss the kind of the grandeur of having these double ale and this infinite aircraft and you don't see the end of it that's something that is nice because it kind of puts you in the mood of a long haul flight (laughs) yeah but that was wonderful i mean i'll talk about it later because i think we're we're going to talk a little bit about airline experiences but and i'm going to shut up now so just out of interest though because we're now so uh i'll let uh, we'll do proper introductions in just a moment we've been been, uh, joined by matt Uh, now matt of course you do fly the a3 21 the a320 which obviously is a similar sort of thing i mean is there any particular reason why this airline in the past has not been considered for these kind of routes is it literally just volume because i mean presumably it's it's clearly not a range issue um well obviously we've got the new lr version of the a321 so in a way it has been a range issue in the past right um and with airbus bringing out the new lr version it has opened up these routes um, and I think also the pressures on um, costs, certainly fuel costs and engine costs, as you've you know, discussed in the past, the world is going to two engine aircraft, which is why, unfortunately, the A380 and the 747 is falling out of favor with the airline. So now the mindset is turning towards two engine aircraft. It now can be more profitable, certainly if there's maybe less demand on a route that you can you can put it on a 321 and you know some of these you've got 225 235 seats you're not actually losing that many seats but using a significantly cheaper aircraft to do the route true very true and on that note yeah. welcome <laughs> onto the christmas special <laughs> from the a320 podcast matt how are you matt hi i'm um, good thank you very much you're, you're literally joining us hot from jumping off a, a um or jumping out of the flight deck aren't you from a, a yeah flight. i literally uh unfortunately i was a little bit late because they decided to call me at uh, four o'clock this morning to ask me to nip to Lisbon, which I've just done and I just got back. So <laughs> just wow. casually so, yeah. nip to Lisbon as you do, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, was... Lisbon for Chris for breakfast and back. exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, absolutely. The life of a pilot, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and how was so, the uh, um, weather in Lisbon? It was very nice, sunny, sixteen degrees. Mm. Very oh, nice. well, very pleasant. Yeah. yeah, a bit better than the minus one that we woke up to this morning here. Then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was extremes. I had to. Have the aircraft de-iced to leave Luton this right. morning, and then it was in the sunshine when we got down there. Right, oh, gosh, wow. from one extreme to the other. And, and quickly before we move on, that uh, Matt, um, how are the uh, passenger figures for the flights now? It varies massively. Um, it depends where we're going. So a lot of destinations in Europe have got quite strict lockdowns. So Portugal has gone into some sort of strict lockdown. So the it was pretty much. Uh, just locals, Portuguese people on the flight, so there aren't many tourists, and that seems to be quite uh, the you know the same across most of our routes. If we go to a destination where they've got lockdown or strict rules, then there seems to be almost nobody on them. Mm-hmm. So you, you didn't use a lot of fuel today, then? Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> come exactly. back with a half half a tank, yeah, half a tank, yeah. exactly. Okay. 
So, Captain Nick, you've got the last story in the uh, Christmas news for this uh, show. Okay, sir. Uh, last but not least, um, this is from stripes.com. So, uh, that's the, I guess, PR wing of the US military. And it's uh, entitled US Wing Commander in Japan Becomes Santa for Yet Another Operation Christmas Drop Mission. I wonder what he drops. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, Clad in a familiar Santa hat, Colonel Andrew Campbell relishes the fact that few airline pilots have flown as many missions for Operation Christmas Drop as he has over the years. Not many military guys like being called, oh, airlift pilots. I misread that. I was just going to (laughs) say airline pilots. Uh, as commander of Yokota's uh, or Yokota's uh, 374th airlift wing, Campbell added two flights this year in the C-130J Super Hercules airlifters to drop bundles of aid into remote Pacific islands. Uh, he's made about 20 flights for Operation Christmas Drop over several years. For the children on these little islands, the only aircraft most of them have seen is a C-130, he told Stars and Stripes by phone Tuesday, uh, Thursday. Campbell said uh, he gets a kick out of wearing a Santa hat. Uh, well, he should put a bid in to change the uh, United States Air Force uniform. I think they'd all look very good in Sanders hats. Uh, <laughs> and seeing airmen with America's uh, allies getting into the Christmas spirit. He was back at, back at Yokota on Tuesday after his fifth trip to Guam for the operation. Airlifters from Japan, South Korea and the US work as one team to deliver the aid, he said. During the operation, now in its 70th year... He he must be quite an old bloke then. Uh, Cargo (laughs) planes parachute large bundles of donated food, clothing, toys, toiletries and tools, plus other supplies to thousands of people living on more than 55 tiny South Pacific islands. Most of the beneficiaries live in the federated states of Micronesia. Uh, And this sounds like a list of reindeer, doesn't it? Yap, chuck... (laughs) Uh, Fonapai, uh, Kosre, and in the Republic of uh, Palau. Uh, the primary participants are the 36th Wing at Nick Anderson Air Force Base, Guam, <laughs> the three, 340, sorry, 374th Airlift Wing out of Yokota, and the 515th Air Mobility Operations Wing from Joint Base. <laughs> Guys, make your names easier. <laughs> Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, Hawaii, according to Pacific Air Forces. From uh, 2012 uh, to 2015, Campbell, originally from Pennsylvania, flew Christmas drop missions as commander of Yokota's uh, 36 Airlift Squadron. As base commander in 2020, he missed the event, which was scaled back with fewer drops and limited personnel to mitigate further spread of coronavirus, he said. The final sorties of this year's Christmas drop began on the 6th of December, were scheduled for Friday, he said. This year was the first time South Korea's Air Force participated. Japan has been part of the operation since 2015. Both countries operate C-130H Hercules aircraft, the predecessor to the C-130J Super Hercules, flown by the 374th. Airmen from the three countries stayed at the same hotel, drove the same vehicles and planned operations from the same headquarters during the drill, Campbell said. It's a real team effort. 
Operation Christmas Drop began unofficially during Yuletide season in 1951 when the wing, uh, sorry, the crew of a WB-29 Superfortress bomber noticed people waving at them from, yeah, Kapingamarangi. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. In Micronesia, shouting, please don't bomb us. They parachuted a bundle keep, of keep supplies. Keep it light, Keep it near. Light. <laughs> <laughs> they parachuted bundles of supplies to the denizens of the isolated island, and a tradition was born. The 374th has been involved in the Christmas drop for 35 years, exactly half the time it's been running, Campbell said. Uh, the experience sets up the airlifters to work together in an emergency, such as responding to typhoon, earthquake, tsunami. I'm sorry, I can't make it any lighter than that. <laughs> um, where, where they must get aid to people in dire straits. Uh, a good band. In a region that spans vast distances across a vast ocean, Campbell said vastly. Most of the airdrop training we do is on ranges with carefully surveyed drop zones, he said. Uh, for Christmas drop, we are flying to remote islands to analyse wind and water currents. Our crews are making real-time decisions about how and where they want to put the bundles based on a whole host of conditions, particularly how many unexploded bombs there are. Right. Okay. Now, now, Nick, I yeah. know you are obviously a fast jet pilot in your uh, <clears throat> in your previous career before yeah we could partner. go slow if we wanted to you know you don't have did, to go fast <laughs> did, did you ever um, have the need to to drop anything from your aircraft uh well uh not not uh in anger as it were but <laughs> i threw a few two thousand pounders at the ground and watched them go bang oh nice Ooh, wow. very <laughs> satisfying yeah kabang from a two thousand pound bomb yes Lovely. Fired a few missiles, they go whoosh bang. Uh, <laughs> right. Fired the guns, okay. lots, they go. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. And uh, just, 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 I'd just say, just FYI, my favourite Dire Straits track being Sultans of Swing, by the way. Just, oh, out, just putting that out there. Sultanas of Swing, yes. Yeah, 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 Sultanas of Swing. I wanted to point something out, that these uh, these Sultans of Swings, what was it, the 374th uh, Airlift Wing? See what yeah. did there, very good. 36th Airlift yeah. Wing and the 515th Air Mobility Operations Wing. This is a wonderful, beautiful Christmas thing that they do, but it's also for those... Uh, taxpayers that may start screaming why are they spending all this money it's an amazing training exercise which they tried to point out at the end of the article but didn't quite uh, come through as as positively as it is this is offering uh people a, a wonderful benefit by also organizing an incredible training exercise that allows them to take care of emergencies and handle emergencies by giving them this opportunity to do something really positive so it, it, it's a spirit it's in the spirit of christmas but it's also in the spirit of continued training and uh, and i, I think it's a, a great combination absolutely, absolutely uh, yeah. and they would be doing these missions anyway just for training the fact that they can combine it with something that has lifts everyone's spirits this time of the year micah i think is uh, absolutely brilliant and long may it continue and hopefully they're not dropping chainsaws as well. Uh, no, no, indeed. No, indeed. Let's, let's hope not. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, that, uh, that concludes our uh, Christmas stories for uh, the Christmas special show. Uh, moving on to the uh, next part of the show, which uh, is our chance for our, our guests and hosts to sum up their 2021 year in aviation. Now, obviously, a lot of us, well, haven't really flown much. I've had 
well two flights this year um and hopefully one next week fingers crossed um but uh yeah um let's have a, let's go through the house and your sum up your 2021 year in aviation so uh let's go with brian coleman oh i thought this was going to be a terrible flying year for me as the year before was um, where I actually ended up losing one case status on United. So flying less than 100,000 miles, it was, it was devastating for me. But as part of the Christmas miracle, uh, Micah and I decided to do something new for the Airplane Geeks podcast. And we recorded a segment, or we record segments to kind of document some of my trips. Ah. And in putting together this list, I was actually surprised over how much I actually flew last year. So lucky me, uh, there was a new airline that started in California called Avello. And I, Micah and I documented my journey flying on them to uh, Santa Rosa. So from Burbank to Santa Rosa. So that was kind of fun. In April, I got to fly on American and I flew to uh, Florida and then to North Carolina to mm-hmm. visit Dr. Steph of the Airline Pilot Guy show. And I brought my mom with me because Dr. Steph being the backstabbing jumper dumper um, (laughs) took a look at my mom to uh, uh, take care of her back. So that was... That was kind of nice. In, interestingly, out of context, that sounds like the the like the biggest insult you could ever <laughs> give someone. She does stab people in the back. Yes, no, I know. Oh, it's just, it's just I say, out of context. Do you think she did what now? <laughs> yeah, and she did a great job. We, yeah, right. we were yes, very very happy that yeah, she was yeah. able to take care of my mum. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, in June, I got to fly back to Florida, and I flew on United that time, and I flew there for my mom's uh, surgery, so that was that was good to spend some time with her. Uh, in August, I got to fly on United, and I flew to Germany, and I got to, um, well, do some work while I was over there, and I got to uh, spend some time with Tillman in Berlin, and that was great fun. Uh, Although it wasn't really flying, it was an aviation event. In September, I participated in the uh, uh, Brett Schneider's Cranky Dorkfest at (laughs) Los Angeles Airport. So the uh, plane spotting event at In-N-Out was uh, great fun. And I got to spend some time with Isaac Alexander, and we went over to the Planes of Fame Museum and went around and saw a whole bunch of aircraft. And it was kind of nice because they have a special area dedicated to the aircraft carrier Enterprise. And he actually spent some time on the Enterprise, although it was the new Enterprise, not the old one. Regardless, he was still impressed that he got to relive some of the the Enterprise moments. Then keeping on the ground aviation theme in October, I got to participate in the Great, the Great Pacific Air Show. That was one in Huntington Beach. And unfortunately, the uh, third day of the air show on Sunday, it got closed due to an oil spill. Oh, And you think, yeah, why would an air show get closed because of an oil spill? But in the ocean, there was an offshore oil rig that sprung a leak. And oil washed up on the shore. And when you have an air show and a whole bunch of participants are on the the shoreline watching the air show, they decided not to hold the air show. And I thought maybe some of the planes coming by with their afterburners or reheat on, um, sending the oil blaze might not have been too good either. (laughs) No, Um, no. No, but so that was was canceled. Um, 
And unfortunately, later on that month, I was also supposed to participate in the Plains of Fame air show, which is one of the 10 best in the world. Uh, but that was canceled due to COVID. So that was very, very sad. Uh, but then in, uh, finishing out the month of October, I flew on Southwest to New Mexico. And again, Mike and I documented that show. And it was really kind of fun. And I'm going to get political here for a bit, and I probably shouldn't, but I will anyway. Um, I noticed when I was at the airport that someone wasn't wearing their mask. We got our first hate mail. We got our first hate mail. Oh, no, I've gotten others before that. So that Uh, that was fine. Um, But I made a comment because the governor in the state of New Mexico issued a mandate that everyone in a government building and the airport building is government building needs to have a mask on. Mm. And I noticed, uh, took a picture of this guy not wearing his mask and Micah and I made a comment on it. And one of our listeners at the Airplane Geeks wrote in and said that he was never going to listen to the show again because we were so political. And um, I believe he's probably an anti-vaxxer. And um, again, that's uh, uh, there's so many things that I want to say about this, but um, I'll try and keep my mouth shut. However, <laughs> he, he did spur me. And, and Nick, you guys over at Airline Pilot Guy contributed to this. Uh, I actually got a new email address just for people like this. And it's, I'm, I'm really offended at yahoo.com. Right, fair enough. Yeah. So, so if, if, if anyone wants to write in and talk to me about any of these political topics or my opinions over airlines or whatever, please yes. write to, I'm re- I am really offended at yahoo.com and I will get back to you. Excellent, lovely. So all complaints there, please. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I think, I think we, have our new, we have our new email address that we're going to give out every time mm-hmm. Carlos upsets someone. I think that's what <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm really offended. At yes, yahoo.com. I am really offended at yeah, yeah, right. Good, lovely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, so I really thought for a year that was going to be a bust of COVID, yeah. I ended up doing a fair amount. Now, it's not the normal three, four flights a yeah. month that I normally do but still a lot it's yeah under rest. the circumstances pretty good so so not a bad year for you then no surprisingly so uh Micah how's about you well I didn't get to fly anywhere near as much as Brian did but I did get to record those segments with him and that was a lot of fun and like I it said really it was, was very exciting to know that people are listening so mad so so much rather that they get mad enough to uh, to <laughs> yeah, write us a, yeah. some hate mail which we just received yesterday so it, it's i mean it's I, I look at it as a positive it's like you know it's like you you've obviously sort of you know if you've made them angry then you think well a at least they were properly listening uh, yeah, he cared enough to write <laughs> yeah, he cared enough to actually write in i mean we see that as right a... to say he would never listen again very so, good lovely yeah, okay nice. but, yeah. but the uh, but the highlight uh, actually of, of of my my aviation highlight of the year other than the PTUK Christmas show. Of course, yes, yes. The high point of the year, and I mean that, um, is I got to attend the uh, the Spurwink Farm Pancake Breakfast and Fly-In, which I try to do every year, uh, which is just a wonderful event on the, uh, the, the high banks of Maine in a grass field looking over the ocean. And uh, But this year I got to attend with Max Flight, who came by uh, from uh, the Airplane Geeks, and we got to hang out together, and uh, he loved it as much as I thought he would. And I got to uh, see my first uh, Beechcraft uh, Staggerwing. Uh, 
uh, aircraft uh, close up, actually right by it. And uh, I'll put a couple of uh, pictures of that in the uh, in the uh, in, in our Dropbox folder, Matt, so that that way you can uh, you can post them and you can yeah, uh, absolutely. Listeners can also see this uh, yeah. this beautiful aircraft that I caught on takeoff and definitely. Uh, um, it was just a, it was a wonderful day, just a wonderful day. And, and then the other thing is that Brian and I made plans to, uh, to visit with you and, uh, and I'll tell you more about that in, in another segment. Yeah. Sounds good. And, uh, Paul, I know you haven't been doing any flying, but is there any, um, pearls? Oh, of well, I just mentioned year? it. Uh, I mentioned JetBlue. Uh, you know, usually I would, uh, I would go to the U S uh, of course, multiple times a year, and I would always just because I wanted to try stuff. I would go to uh, I don't know Frankfurt and fly Singapore, or Milan and fly Emirates, or uh, I don't know um, Lisbon and fly TAP, just to try stuff, right? But obviously, with all the um, the rules and the testing and you know the ever changing environment, I decided just after the, U- the U.S. opened on November eighth for non-nationals, so people people like me, I um, I went f- to work in New York and I wanted to take a direct route uh, not to avoid again what I just uh, just said the potential uh, closures etc and I chose JetBlue first because they just had started flying from both um, Gatwick and um, Heathrow uh, and also simply because uh, frankly they have the price of all the big boys right so whether it's uh, uh, Delta United not that I would really want United I tried it oh. once in the US and it wasn't uh, but Delta or, <laughs> or BA, BA Virgin I've never flown Virgin I will admit I will admit I never flown Virgin I know it's a great experience it's just that the price are I well, mean clients you, are paying you can't it, Paul you can't it's, fly it's, Virgin I've given them your name <laughs> You're on the list. Yeah, I will fly them in 2022. I'm going on holidays with them. Oh, so okay. I will you finally test will, them. But yeah. you won't be able to book him. <laughs> he's he's going to be in a cargo yeah. hold. Yeah, he's put, he's put a word in for you by the sound of it. Yeah. 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 Seat C3 container. Way, you know. yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, since clients are paying for it, and of course, like everybody, even clients, you know, are not. Uh, we were discussing that before about the rejiggling post COVID. We're, not, we're still clearly not post-COVID. We're right in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think premium, premium economy is going to be a big winner, right? Because even corporates that want to reduce their costs uh, will like, uh, will have send their employees on premium economy. And some of them still, of course, on, on business, et cetera. But um, so thing is, you can get the JetBlue I wanted to try because I'm nav geek and I wanted to see what it is. And everybody talks about it. I've, I've never been lucky enough to try them within the U.S., and also because it just started, and of, and because it was my first flight is 633 days, so I'd landed in uh, at Gatwick on uh, February 20, uh, 2020 with Emirates, uh, and I said in first class, in first class, of course, mm. or uh, yeah, because I wanted to treat. You know what? I nice. did that because back then I said this is probably the last flight I'm going to take this year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, this is going down. There's no way that was. Yeah. Mid February, yeah. I think fifteenth or something. I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to grade myself because I'm not going to fly again." Yeah. And this time, I said, "I might be the only opportunity I'm going to fly this year, so I'm going to upgrade mm. myself to that mint thing." So the the studio, mint studio, which is the very front seat, which is even bigger than a studio, uh, the traditional studio. These are the new studio. So the one is only there's one seat on each side of the of the aisle. And uh, they're, they're honestly, it's wonderful. It's absolutely really? wonderful. It's it's uh, the coloring reminds me in Virgin America what they used to do when you would enter a flight of Virgin America. All the shades are down, and it's blue color, obviously jet blue, but it creates like this ambience. It's really nice. The crew was super fun, and it's no, you know, it's not. 
uh, I'm talking to Nev right now. It's not, you don't have the pump of a big airline. You don't have the, you know, the wine list, which is super impressive or the champagne name or the cheese, or, I mean, you have cheese. You don't have all that pump, but for me, it, that what I want is a nice seat, nice IFE, yeah. good Wi-Fi and good crew. That was absolutely perfect. Honestly, I would fly them every, and the 321, uh, was absolutely also great. The first one in um, LR, I think they call it the 321NX because X is the cabin flex thing, whatever. They, I was surprised not to see the LR on the on the, the leaf flight. Uh, only 135 seats, I think, in the entire aircraft. Where usually, even the lowest 321 is 140. So it's really, really sparse, but that's amazing. No, that's really amazing. Uh, I, I love it. I will use them again. So I went to New York, did my thing. New York was, you know, it was just a week after the opening. So it was just before the storm. I was telling friends there, I feel I'm, I'm in a lull just before COVID hits us back in the face. Just they had opened it. I'm going to enjoy it for four days and then flew back. Even better experience. I went to the TWA hotel, you know, the Erosarinen terminal at JFK because it's next door to Terminal 5 from JetBlue. I had never seen it. Went inside, stayed three hours. That was my lounge because JetBlue doesn't do lounges, uh, which I think is a great idea, by the way. The, the terminal is a lounge, basically. So I went just to the TWA hotel. Uh, Did you have a cocktail there. on a Constellation? <laughs> no, no, I didn't, actually. I, I didn't. I stayed in two bars. The one that is, you know, the main one, the lounge, I guess. And sadly, it was really, really unlucky because it was the, it, it was a bit chilly. Of course, we're talking November, but that day the rooftop where the the, um, the the swimming pool is was closed because they were winterizing the swimming pool. So that, that was the day they were transitioning to the winter, and I couldn't access uh, to it. By the way, little tip: it used to be uh, pre-COVID that the swimming pool was only accessible to uh, hotel guests. Now you can go as a just as a guest, as a as a visitor. If you want to have a drink, you need to ask, but you can't go. But of course, that day mine was closed, so I will have to return. Uh, and honestly, fantastic experience with JetBlue, both ends. Uh, I almost hate, you know, these flights coming back uh, from the U.S., from the, the, the East Coast, because they're they are too short. <laughs> so I wanted to watch a movie and I wanted to try the food. And by the time I fell asleep, I had to go woke it up because we were landing. So it was really, really short, but fantastic. So I got my flight into my system and be super happy. Uh, and uh, we'll see what next year brings. I hope at least one. <laughs> just just the yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> I will you. fly them again. I will honestly, yeah. I've never, I've rarely felt, you know, there's few airlines, few uh, experiences, more because you, you never know. But as Micah said earlier, they're very well known for that. It's really something different that I appreciate. Maybe it talks to me, you know, again, I don't need the pump. It was always fun to fly, you know, uh, I did Cathay Pacific first and they tell you all the freaking wine they have. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice. Maybe these are things I will never try otherwise, but this is not what I really care about. JetBlue, I think, talks to someone like me. That was really, I loved it. Really no, no, Paul, one of the, I, I have a question for you. One of the, the complaints about flying single aisle across the pond is uh, the fact that there's only one aisle to get to the lavatory, yeah. um, which uh, flying Transcon, as you said before, it's basically the same amount of time. No one really complains about that. Was that an issue on oh. on the JetBlue flight? No, and it do you wasn't think a- that was because of the the quantity of passengers that made so it the- easier? 
the flight was full anyway. So that's, I think that's first. I don't think there was, and that's interesting as a tidbit, I don't think there were any single um, corporate uh, traveler. I was probably the only one going for work. There were clearly a lot of visitors, probably also because corporates, they have their long, long ties with BA and Virgin, et cetera, and Delta. Mm -hmm. But no, it wasn't. Uh, they made this announcement, you know, that the front lavatories are only for the people in the front and et cetera. But it was, there was never a queue, was very well behaved. I will say, not going political, but compared to your, to reacting to your comment earlier, Brian, uh, the one thing I was wondering is, will I experience what so many friends have experienced, especially in the US, with people refusing to put their mask or making mm -hmm. a fuss? And I was like, that was the only thing that I was curious more than actually anxious about. And it didn't happen on either way. It was not, uh, it was very chill. And um, so no, to answer your question, not at all. But I thought about it. I was like, hmm, you know, I was in 1A. So it was, I, I, I saw the two, the, the two lavatories yep. were in front of me. There was never a queue, never like people seemingly waiting. It was very well behaved. So I don't know, it just, it just worked. Just and no worked. issue with the noise or noise from the galley? No, I didn't have. And by the way, it's, it's they have, so they, they give you in Mint, so in the front, they give you um, headphones, but they're not noise canceling, they're noise reducing. I tried them and they were they were really good, actually. And I didn't, no, it didn't bother me at all. Just, you know, actually, I find that 380s and 350s being so silent uh, on long haul when everybody's sleeping, you can hear the galley, even if you're like five or six, six rows mm -hmm. remote, you can hear like, even like a flight attendant, you know, closing one of the, one of the cupboards, et cetera. Uh, here, right. it, it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Again, as I said, I think earlier, yeah, I said it. I kind of associate these long flights with white bodies and having this feeling as a kid, I remember the first time I entered a 747, I must have been four or something, or that is, that's my first memory in a 747. And, and, you know, there's this like mass that is so big. And of course, when you enter a 321 or a 320, which are, I love as aircraft, but I associate that more with a short haul or medium haul. Mm -hmm. But actually, again, I would do that. I would do that again. I would, uh, I will, I will use probably uh, fly them again, uh, hopefully Transcon ones. So uh, we'll move on to uh, Nev yeah, for the next one. And, or should I say, uh, Judith Chalmers for the next one. <laughs> Aha. Yes. What I do at the weekend is my own business. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, this year has been been a bit like the curate's egg. Good in parts, I would say. Um, it started off with just as we'd returned from one of the many lockdowns, and I can't remember which one it was because I can barely keep up with it now, uh, a short flight to Edinburgh um, where there was only seven of us on this A320 um, and getting into the airport area there was only one shop open in, in the whole place it was like you turned up on a on a maintenance day or something and there was just no one about at all um, I've done quite a lot of flying this year just domestically so the, you know the main capital cities around the United Kingdom uh, Edinburgh Glasgow Belfast uh, Dublin in the Republic of Ireland um, but one of the nicest flights I took was in November uh, and October of this year. Um, we couldn't get a direct flight to Fuerteventura with BA, so we went uh, via Madrid. And BA are running a 787-8 to and from Madrid, from Heathrow at the moment. Sadly, I missed out on the A380 uh, experience, which they were running a couple of weeks later. But honestly, that aircraft is so quiet and it is so relaxing. Now, it, it was only a, obviously two, two and a quarter hour flight, but 
you feel as though it needs to be a bit longer because it it was a, they've done a nice job of uh, fitting out the, the passenger cabin there as well. Um, really great crew on both sectors. Couldn't complain at all. Really nice. However, um, <coughs> going from <laughs> Madrid to Fuerteventura with Iberia, also in business class. Um, wow. I mean, it couldn't have been more different. Um, I'm a big sort of fan of the flight deck doing a nice PA. It doesn't have to be particularly long, but, you know, a PA would, would be nice. But on both sectors, all we got uh, from the flight deck was cabin crew 10 minutes to landing. That was it. The, the the entire flight and i just think that they're seriously missing a trick there now nobody else was bothered obviously apart from me <laughs> on the aircraft um but it's just one of those things i i just think you kind of expect it um from you know from the flight deck at, at some point and even if it's a bit rushed on the departure at, at least you know once you're into the cruise the uh captain or first officer might come on and say sorry we couldn't talk to you before the flight we had to you know get away quickly or whatever um but yeah so that was uh, just really disappointing um and mm. service was a, a bit surly i have to say um but hey there you go um but and then what do we got this year well remainder of this year really for me is just some domestic flying uh belfast uh a day or so's time uh, for christmas which would be nice um and then well let, let's hope that things start to get back to normal i'm sure we'll talk about that a bit later on but uh yeah at least i've done some flying this year but ne nearly all of it uh domestically having said that we did i did a uh, stockholm and gothenburg trip uh, a few weeks ago that was that was pretty nice again uh with ba in club and uh yeah great great service and you know really nice um i think this mask wearing business um has got to be policed a bit better definitely and the other thing that BA do is that when you um, uh, depart from the aircraft they unload the aircraft sort of five rows at a time something like that and they do say that as they're pulling onto the stand uh, would you mind just uh, waiting until your row is called before you get up to get your uh, cases and stuff like that? No one takes any note of it at all. And it was quite nice to see uh, one of the senior cabin crew people be extremely insistent uh, that these folks complied uh, the other day. And uh, uh, as I sat in 1A picking the caviar from my teeth, I thought, <laughs> yes, finally. So, that's been my, my year so far. You, you've certainly had a busy year of flying there. That's uh, definitely true. So you, you've obviously still got your, is it gold status with your... Well, I've got to do a bit more flying before April uh, when it expires. So uh, I was hoping to do a uh, Portland, Oregon. Yes, Micah, there is another one. Uh, trip in <laughs> February, but we're not doing that now. I was hoping to do a Dallas-Fort Worth trip, but we're not doing that now either. So I've got to do lots of European and domestic flying to, uh, to keep it going. But I think I can just about retain it, I think. Although I've got to say um, the airline have been very generous with a, a lot of us by extending the um, uh, the expiry dates and, and that kind of thing and, and reducing the number of tier points that you require. So that, that's been good. And I think they need to retain their I nearly called myself a premium customer there. Oh my God. Um, you know, the people that are going to pay the, the higher fares, that they need to retain those folks, definitely. 
Yeah, Nev, come to Los Angeles. <laughs> that's that. Yes, and BA are flying the A380 on that route again now. So that's a good, uh, a good day out, definitely. Yeah, come for yeah. a visit. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who was a revenue manager, I cannot say here which airline, but a big one. And he, and he was telling me that one of the big issues, and this is also why they keep renewing and giving easy points and tier points, etc., is because once you're not tied in, you can make a choice, you know, like, and that's the thing they're afraid. I mean, I'm thinking about, but I'm not tied to a corporate, so I can, you know, switch very easily. But like, oh, for we've been with, I don't know, BA or we've been to Virgin, we've been with Delta for 20 years, you almost got inertia. And then suddenly, like, you know what? If there's no more, you know, gold, et cetera, for all our employees, well, we reshuffle everything. And they're very afraid of that. Yeah, so it, mm -hmm. it, it's revenue re retention is is everything at the moment, isn't it, uh, for, for the operational side of things? So, uh, but uh, no, it's it's been a surprisingly a good year for, for flying for me, I must say. Although, be uh, you know under some pretty difficult circumstances at times, you know, a lot of delays. Uh, as, as I keep saying, you know, the easy bit now is to do six hundred miles an hour through the air in a tube. Um, the difficult bit is getting on, getting off on the that thing. Yeah, tell me about it. What, was it what, were the delays in at Heathrow especially, or uh, not especially? No, oh. just just um, delays with um, especially with things like COVID testing, uh, at passport control, and the folks in front of you because they always are in front of me. Uh, haven't done the right <laughs> test, haven't got the right documentation, and it goes on from there. But uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think what, one of the reasons why I chose to fly from Gatwick, besides the fact that I'd landed at Gatwick like, like you know, two years ago, and I said it would be nice like as a symbol, is because like, I said, oh, there would be less people at Heathrow, and, pro and maybe I would have less of these issues. Uh, I chose that just for that reason, actually, which is why I just asked you about Heathrow. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky at Heathrow. Um, that's my, my home airport. Um, but uh, uh, I have heard some horror stories, um, but I think they're, they're doing a much better job now of getting folks through the, uh, the immigration and, and the border forces area um so that that's uh good stuff yeah. and nev while there while there may be another portland there is is only one with your main man <laughs> absolutely there we go absolutely <laughs> and i normally fly over your one to get to the other one as well i guess <laughs> if there is a particularly southerly routing <laughs> so thank you nev for that obviously uh we will have plenty of npes i expect nick in the new year in 2022 from you when when you're uh back on the uh, BA kind of seat again in seat 1A going across the uh, across the Europe I expect but uh, Matt obviously uh, you're in a different position to um, to all of us rest of us here because you're sitting at the front of uh, of the aircraft but um, yeah how has uh, sum up your 2021 um, yeah I guess like uh, Nev it's been a bit of a, a mixture really um, some of the parts of the year have been pretty quiet wondering if and when things are going to return to normal and by and large things are pretty much back to normal from a working point of view um, I managed to get away a couple of times um, sitting in the back which was nice so we went to uh, Portugal in May and then in the summer uh, we've got one of these Amex cards where you get all your um, all your points your Avios points and we thought we're going to see what all this fuss is that Nev makes about uh, flying with BA. So uh, we spent our points and that was one of the benefits, I guess, of, of all the COVID restrictions is that nobody else seemed to be flying and BA opened up almost their entire network to almost unlimited uh, Avios seats. So, uh, yeah, we and the family 
with the two young kids, we managed to go club to St. Lucia and back in the summer, which oh, was wow. very nice. nice. It was supposed to be a trip to the US. Um, we were going to do a nice month-long road trip, but unfortunately uh, we weren't allowed in. So we had to change last minute and go to uh, St. Lucia. But yeah, we had a fantastic time. And on the way back, we had the new... Um, it was on the triple seven. We had the new uh, club suite that they put in, so that was really, really impressive, and uh, we really enjoyed that. Uh, only feedback is if you're traveling as a family like we were, it was uh, you're quite segregated from the children because you're in this uh, cubicle. Um, I believe there's some pictures actually that that Matt's got of uh, most people would think that's yes, an advantage. I've got, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think the kids really like that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, here we go. Fortunately, ex- they're very they're very well behaved. So if you explain uh, the picture there, there we go. On. It's on the screen. Yeah, so now. there's there's my oldest. She's sat there ready to play. So loads of storage. You can see you've got all the desks and uh, so many cubby holes. It's easy to lose your stuff um, with all the bits. But yeah, she was uh, very excited to be there. At that and, age, uh, travelling in that um, that class of travel, blimey. I know, right? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, they have their own personal fort all set up and exactly, ready to yeah. go. Yeah, I, I'd lo- I'd love that. Yes, exactly. Well, actually, I still do. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, it was it was good and it was very cozy and uh, yeah, as as Nev said, really had a similar experience. Cabin crew were fantastic. Um, it was my youngest daughter's birthday when we traveled and they made this big fuss of her they wrote her a card and using things they could find out of like muffins and kit kats and stuff they made like a a birthday cake and drizzled uh chocolate writing happy birthday on a cake so they really went all out for her so she was most impressed with that excellent thanks yeah that's probably our highlight yeah actually wonderful for that I think yeah. you know, the, these little touches really and going out of the way, I think they're really wonderful. I think really Nev is blushing when I say that. I'm kidding. <laughs> and hopefully uh, you'll continue to keep on busy with uh, flying anyway, Matt, with uh, with the rest of what we've got left of uh, 2021 and into 2022. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's been... Uh... It's been okay. It's been um, it's slowly picking up. Like I say, with some of the restrictions going around, things are dropping off. Uh, we've got a trip booked as a family holiday to Slovakia between Christmas and New Year, but we're not sure how that's going to go because at the moment they're in full lockdown, so no restaurants are open. It's, it's eating your room only, that sort of thing. So it's that sort of thing that's killing yeah. travel at the moment is that, you know, why bother going on holiday if you could go and sit in your room? Um but yeah, and talking about like masks, my personal experience I've had since we've been back flying, uh, sort of June, July time, I've had two flights where there's been a particular issue with someone not wearing a mask. Generally, mm. I've found most people just seem to wear them. Seems to be mm. okay. No, we have we haven't seen you appear in the um, in the uh, on the Sun or the Daily Star. No, <laughs> so, I don't know if uh, Matt's got it. I've actually got a little um, picture that I've sent through of my daughter with the little plate that they made. May I ask you a question to Matt, actually? Yes, yeah, fine. Twenty, um, or maybe to the, you, the other guys, because you've 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 flown uh, throughout this. Uh, the one thing I've noticed, and maybe it's just JetBlue, or maybe it was just a three twenty one, is that they don't require people to turn their mobile and devices off anymore. Is that 
because they don't care anymore? Is that specific? Or do you as a pilot, do you still have to, I mean, do you, is it still part of your policy, an airline policy? Welcome to America. We haven't done that in, I don't know, five, seven years or so. Yeah. Because on international flights, you do. Like I would fly United or I would fly Delta. They would ask from London. They would ask, you know, like, please, you know, they put them like, you know, the usual, you know, spiel about what you need to do with your devices. But I was happily surprised that JetBlue uh, didn't. In my airline, no, we, the policy is that you just have to on flight safe mode um, unless we're in low visibility operations and then you have to have your phone off. But okay. no, the uh, allowing devices on has been in, yeah, long time. Yeah, but time, I meant flight safe, that they did even say flight safe, which is, that's what I meant. Is like, there was no like, oh, please put them in flight safe mode, nothing. Oh, no one does it's... it anyway, so why bother? <laughs> I know, but <laughs> You know, you, I, <laughs> you know, uh, no one bothers putting their phone in uh, flight yeah, mode. No one bothers. So, Nick, uh, you're up last then. So, uh, obviously, we we know you've obviously um, sort of retired from your busy flying career. But um, any sort of uh, bits of the 2021 aviation wise that uh, you've had some good experiences with? Well, uh, I've had to do everything vicariously through you know my friends and colleagues who are still in the industry really um and you know i i kind of sit on the on the outskirts now looking in uh and seeing how well it has been for some countries like you know the usa have bounced back amazingly because they have a very strong domestic market but of course europe being a conglomeration of independent relatively speaking nations uh, which with their own attitude towards covid restrictions and all the different regimes it's been a lot harder for the airlines i think to pick up and run this summer wasn't bad because most countries had a nice dip in the covid graph and uh, everyone felt that it was a lot easier and safer to open up and and fly but of course, um, we're seeing the other side of the pendulum now as it swings uh, into winter and everything's getting worse. Um, I mean, holidays have uh, been terribly difficult to plan because uh, every country has been putting on last minute changes. Ours is one of the worst. Um, and, um, you know, countries that have a poor vaccination record seem to be breeding um, a breeding ground for these in infectious strains that are just hitting us again and again it's all just a wee bit on the depressing side so i really i really thank my lucky stars i'm not in the industry at the moment uh, and more importantly fighting to keep a job now whilst you know we know lots of people who are back at work or still at work um i've got friends all around the world uh, who've been laid off uh and now i hear that uh, and i permission to mentioned this that our lovely Myla uh, suffered uh, yet another um, situation where she's been laid off uh, it's not the first time uh, for her uh, and of uh, course wish her well with her uh, you know efforts to seek new employment and fingers crossed that a couple of the uh, outfits she's been um, looking at uh, turn out to be on her side uh, and of course, we have followed the story of Captain L, who uh, has spent, you know, the vast majority of this year um, doing also ran jobs because this marvelously qualified uh, captain hasn't been able to 
get a job. At least he's back in the cockpit now, so thank the Lord for that. And I hope the tide turns for everyone else. So I think, personally, uh, looking at from the outside, it's hard, very hard to be positive. But I, uh, I'm going to be political here because I think our salvation lies in protecting ourselves so that we can live with a, a plague rather than trying to isolate ourselves from it. So my message, a good Christmas message for everyone, is to please fight this a ridiculous wave of misinformation that is out there about vaccinations. Go get your jabs, and that way we'll all start to live with this uh, virus rather than trying to fight it off all the time. Well done, Nick. Thank you for that. That's uh, very and true. So, Captain Nick, I had a question for you because mm. the... I want your opinion, um, and people can certainly write into... I am really offended at yahoo.com. Certainly. I, wel I welcome <laughs> reading those emails. Um, there are many states here in the, in the United States that have worse COVID outbreaks than other countries that we are currently prohibited or strongly encouraged from flying to. And there's absolutely no vaccination requirement to fly here in the U.S., but or even COVID testing in the U.S., but yet there are these restrictions traveling internationally. And that just seems crazy to me. Um, it, I just wanted to know your thoughts on, since you've done so much international travel and flying and crew restrictions as, as well. Um, I, I think, of course, that the danger is that it, you're, you're going to possibly bring uh, a strain or just bring more infection back to your point of origin. So if you, and I really only speak for the UK, if you get a, an infection and you spread it around, there's going to be a, a percentage of people that will need hospitalization, particularly mm -hmm. if they haven't been vaccinated. And if you've got an incredibly robust health system, uh, you might be able to cope with that. But I know there have been situations in the United States as well as the UK where regions have been overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you really do then have to sit and watch people die from this virus because you don't have the critical care beds available. And the whole point of vaccination and protection against the virus is to try and maintain that strain on critical care so that you can save people's lives. So, personally, uh, I've been pretty uh, good about um, maintaining, uh, you know, doing lateral flow tests uh, fairly continuously um, and masking when I think it's appropriate, not just when I'm ordered to. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, at the very first opportunity, I mean, I just... I. I joined the Air Force, you know, the, like the day I joined the Air Force, I got 20 inoculations, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, and, you know, regularly kept up because there are certain inoculations you need all the time as a pilot to go to various parts of the world. This is just another one. And the garbage that has come out about this particular um, way of protecting yourself really uh, upsets me. So um, mm -hmm. my feeling is that you know, you can inoculate yourself or be inoculated against a lot of the ills in this world, be it hepatitis or, um, you know, malaria, West Nile, feel it, yeah, malaria, uh, all sorts. 
Uh, they're dreadful diseases, and um, you really want to look after yourself by doing the sensible thing. But as soon as we do uh, get everyone inoculated and uh, taking the, the right and relatively easy precautions to stop spreading the disease, all our friends will get their jobs back. Our airlines will start mm -hmm. to prosper again. Our uh, economies will start to grow again. And, I'll get my status uh, we'll get over back. the hump. Yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't be a Christmas special show without a special Christmas story from Micah. And uh, Micah, you've put together a uh, another story for us this year, and uh, we're going to play that for you right now. As an undergraduate, when Ohio University decided to change its schedule to a long winter break in order to save on heating costs, it meant I had six weeks at my folks' house back in New Jersey with nothing to do. This wasn't something I looked forward to as it meant six weeks living under my parents' roof and sharing a room with my brother when I'd been away at school by myself with only short breaks at home. I cherished that independence. I knew I couldn't just sit around on my laurels for six weeks and while I worked a bit over the previous Christmas break, that Paramus Park Mall experience I told you about before, just a couple of days of work was not going to do it for me this time. I was sure that during the busiest shopping time of the year and living close to one of the biggest shopping areas in the world, someone would be looking for a college kid that wanted to work. Now, like many of you, and I won't mention any names, Nev, Jeff, Matt, Nick, Pip, well, besides being an airplane geek, I have a thing for music, electronics, and gadgets. Back then, I had a pretty big record collection that I would listen to on the hi-fi, a big piece of furniture that was in my folks' living room. I was a subscriber to both Stereo Review and High Fidelity magazines. I also read Popular Mechanics and Popular Science, as well as, I must confess, Playboy magazine, all of which covered audio equipment, although some of those magazines had other benefits, too. While I had a few radios and a tape recorder or two, yes, tape, cassettes were a relatively new technology at the time, it wasn't until the summer of 1975 that I got my first stereo system. I had fully researched the whole thing and found a deal on a quadraphonic Harman Kardon 800 plus receiver at Sam Goody's, a well-known record and hi-fi store. I had also decided on a BIC 980 turntable and Dynaco 825 speakers. Buying the Harman Kardon receiver was easy. My father and I walked into Sam Goody's and picked it up. It was on sale and there was no problem. But I was trying to figure out where to get the best deal on the turntable and speakers. At the time, there was a new stereo shop doing some major advertising on TV and radio. It's Crazy Eddie's greatest stereo sale ever. Get anything and everything in stereo equipment. Get it all now during Crazy Eddie's greatest stereo sale ever. Crazy Eddie, his prices are insane. Crazy Eddie's guaranteed to beat the lowest prices you could find. Back then, this was something new. And in fact, it was Crazy Eddie who started the whole concept when he broke the fair trade laws in the USA. For a time, it was illegal to sell anything for less than the MSRP, Manufacturer's Suggested Retail Price. Crazy Eddie's was the one to take this to court and change it back in the early 1970s. This made Crazy Eddie's one of the first mass merchant discounters of electronics and put electronics on the map, making them more accessible to the general public. All the discount electronic stores you know of today are here because of Crazy Eddie's. My experience with Crazy Eddie started at his first and only store at 1117 Kings Highway in Brooklyn, New York, 
not too far from my grandmother's house on East 57th Street. My dad and I made plans to go to Crazy Eddie's on a Saturday morning, then head over to Grandma Sadie's house for lunch and an afternoon visit, then head back home to New Jersey. Based on the commercials, I expected a huge store, but it was tiny, small, narrow, and deep. We walked in and were overwhelmed by the racks and racks of equipment on display. Eventually, we found a salesman, and I told him I wanted a BIC 980 turntable and a pair of Dynaco 825 speakers. After letting him know what prices I had for them, he said, No problem. We have that, and I can beat those prices. But that's not what you want. Then he went ahead and managed to talk me into a dual 601 turntable and a pair of Sermon Vega head V8 speakers. Yep, I was switched, but I left happy. By the way, the turntable turned out to be a dog. It was Duel's first belt-drive turntable, and it just never worked right. But although the foam grills of the Sermon Vegas eventually disintegrated, those speakers are still going strong to this day. By 1977, Crazy Eddie's opened up a store not far from me at 809 Route 17 South in Paramus. Being close by, less than seven miles from my folks' house, I thought that would be a good place to ask about a job. I headed down that way the Friday after Thanksgiving. Bear in mind, this was long before Black Friday was a thing. They hired me on the spot, starting on Monday, only because I already had plans for the next day and the store was closed on Sundays. Now before I go any further, let me clarify something. Many of you know that it turned out Crazy Eddie's was a criminal enterprise. There were all sorts of shady things that went on corporately. Tax dodges, money laundering, gray market goods, and sometimes even stolen goods. All of this came out when Crazy Eddie's went public and sold stock in the mid-1980s. But no one below store manager level knew anything about that at the time. And it's quite possible that some of the store managers didn't know. I certainly had no idea. To me and my colleagues, we just worked for an electronic store with some unique sales techniques. Store hours were 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I was told to show up Monday morning at 10 and had no idea how long I would be there. That's when I started to learn how Crazy Eddie worked. A lot of things were different than I expected. Crazy Eddie's had a system where every item in the store was marked with a code that let salesmen know exactly what the cost was, just what the company paid for it. We knew if we had to, we could actually go down to that cost and sell the item for wholesale and still make a profit. How could that be? Because for most items, Crazy Eddie's was such a huge buyer that the merchandise was purchased for up to 25% below wholesale. In the vernacular, we got points on that. But that was only for some brands. Because Crazy Eddie's broke the fair trade laws, some manufacturers didn't want to do business with Eddie's. But to satisfy the public, the store still needed to have some of that stuff on display, and a couple in stock. Sony was one of those companies. So were TX, JBL, and Dynaco. But then, there were some companies companies that may have been new to the USA that were anxious to be in Crazy Eddie's because Eddie's sold more than any other electronics company on the East Coast. Some of those companies included Akai, Sanyo, Duel, and Hitachi. As salesmen, we were taught what brands to sell and what not to. We learned how to switch people to the brands we wanted to sell. That's why when I went into Crazy Eddie's looking for BIC and Dynaco, I came out with Duel and Sherwin-Vega. On top of that, we had some of our own brands and some of our own model numbers for others. Ever hear of Acoustaphase speakers? If you have, it's because you found them at Crazy Eddie's. They were a partner company, and no one else that I know of ever sold them. 
Another speaker brand similar to that, only slightly more upfront, was Audio Spectrum. Customers came in wanting JBLs and would leave with Acoustaphase. Sure, we would let them A-B compare the speakers in the sound room, but we used tricks. For example, a louder speaker will always sound better than a softer one. Acoustaphase was always a couple of dB louder when switched to. Some speakers we didn't want to sell had tweeters disconnected or had pinholes put in diaphragms so they wouldn't sound so good. Phono cartridges were items that we had our own model numbers on, so we could sell them at whatever price we wanted. Want an Audio-Technica AT14SA cartridge? Trust me, you'll leave with an AT114SA, pay more, and be thankful for it. We had our own social language among salespeople, too. We could communicate with each other right in front of a customer without them knowing. The language was a combination of Syrian, Yiddish, English, shorthand, and Pig Latin. We're MAF the XL2's major VSAs, SW the EJ. What does that mean? We're all out of the Max L cassette she wants to buy, overstocked of the TDKs. Help me switch her. I picked up on most of these things pretty quickly and was assigned the small goods counter. Small goods included anything the size of a bread box and smaller, with the exception of car stereos, which was its own separate department. This had me mostly selling boom boxes, clock radios, answering machines, cordless landline phones, which were new back then, and compact stereo systems. I was supposed to sell video games, Magnifox Odyssey and Atari, which were new back then too, but I refused. I called them vidiot games and knew they would become the demise of society. I still think I was right. They started me at six fifty an hour, pretty good money for 1977 actually, and after a week they saw I knew what I was doing. They asked me to work a regular Christmas schedule, which was grueling. Twelve hours a day, ten to ten, six days a week. They were closed on Sundays due to Paramus Blue Laws, but encouraged us to work at another store in the chain on Sundays if we could. Sometimes they even required it. To incentivize me, they bumped my pay to $7 an hour. That meant that with time and a half after 40 hours, sometime around 2 p.m. on Thursday, I was making ten fifty an hour for the next 32 hours. On top of that, I could buy anything I wanted at cost. Needless to say, my stereo equipment collection grew. We were given an hour off for lunch. I made a couple of friends, and generally we would head down Route 17 to the Paramus Park Mall to the food court to grab some fast food. They had a great selection from deli to Chick-fil-A to Chinese, Mexican burgers, and a place that served some kind of kebab that we referred to as funny meat. We never knew what that was, but we enjoyed it. Sometimes we would head to the fireplace, a local charcoal-grilled hamburger place on Route 17 that only closed down recently. And sometimes we would go to King Pizza, for the obvious, or for Meatball or Veal Parmesan Hero Sandwiches. King Pizza is still there, by the way, and a place I still like to go to when I'm in the area. Lunch breaks during the week were also the only times we could sit down. There were no chairs in the store, no break room. I was on my feet 67 hours a week, and I think that's how my spinal stenosis started. Also, on Saturdays, it was so busy we weren't allowed out. Saturdays meant a catered lunch. They would keep us in the store so we could keep selling. The Saturday catered lunch menu would change in a cycle of three. One Saturday it would be pizza, the next hamburgers, and the next tuna, turkey, roast beef, or Italian cold-cut hero sandwiches. Always accompanied by Pepsi products, regular and diet Pepsi mostly, some brand of orange soda and root beer, and some Team. Anyone else remember Team, Pepsi's answer to 7-Up? 
Now having lunch catered wasn't a bad deal except for one thing. There was no break room. We weren't allowed to eat out on the sales floor and we couldn't leave the store. Sometimes we would sneak into sound room three, the high-end room, and sit on the floor. Sometimes in the small hallway by the soda machine. Occasionally the service area, car audio installations, or the stock room, assuming we didn't get caught and thrown out. But we weren't allowed to leave the store and had no defined break. We weren't allowed to punch out. We were supposed to eat as quickly as possible and get back to customers. It was grueling. I made a good friend while working at Eddie's. My buddy Steve and I are pals to this day. I was best man at his wedding, and he's been my stockbroker and investment advisor for over 40 years. Steve started with me in small goods, but soon moved to audio. He and I were the only two folks working at the store with a college background, and somehow we found one another. Steve had a white 1973 Corvette convertible with a red leather interior. How he managed to keep it sparkling white while driving over the roads and highways in New Jersey, I'll never know. He would only use Amico high-test unleaded gasoline in it, and this was before the days that gasoline was unleaded by law. At one point, a few years later, he and I drove it from Fort Lauderdale to Key West, but that's another story. Steve and I would regularly drive his car to the mall for lunch. On Saturdays, one of us would sneak out to the liquor store and get a bottle of Bola Suave wine. No other brand of Suave would do. After work at 10 p.m., we would bring it with us to a local high-end Chinese restaurant that was part of a Holiday Inn and served dinner until midnight. They would let us bring our own wine and drink it with our late-night dinner. We knew this made us sophisticated. Part of the crazy Eddie culture was to be brusque and dismissive with customers, almost aggressive. This was part of the theater that made customers feel like they were getting a deal and we were selling to them below cost. Oftentimes we would play with it. Steve and I had a routine where we would put on radio voices and go back and forth with a customer to entertain ourselves and make the sale. I might say, Tell me, Steve, do you think we can do any better? And Steve would reply, I don't know, Micah. You're close to our cost now. What do you got for them? And I would go on, Tell you what I'm going to do. It was a lot of fun, and we would always make the bahad, the word that we used for sale. My Christmas at Crazy Eddie's went really well. They asked me to drop out of school and stay on full-time, offering me a big raise, but there was no way I was going to give up my degree. They invited me back any time, so I worked with them over spring break. In June, I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology. I expected to get a full-time professional residence hall position with the university and immediately start my master's degree, but that was not to be. As I found out, there's not a lot of work out there for someone with a bachelor's in psychology, but there was Crazy Eddie's. I ended up working there for 18 months until my graduate assistantship came through and I went back for my master's. I had some interesting customers during my time at Crazy Eddie's. Those that I took a liking to got a good deal. Others just thought they did. I had a couple of favorite customers, even famous ones. Anyone remember the British band City Boy? Their big top 40 hit was 5705. Their bass player was a guy named Chris Dunn. He came in one day, and I had no idea who he was, but we ended up becoming good friends. In fact, I really need to give him a call. I ended up having Roy Ward, the drummer and vocalist from the band, as my customer, too. I was able to get my brother Rick a job with me at Crazy Eddie's, and it was fun working with him. 
he and Steve and I still sometimes find ourselves reverting to crazy Eddie slang when we talk to each other. Anyway, Rick and I became good friends with Chris and his then-girlfriend, now-wife, Tisha. They would come over to my folks' house where Rick and I lived, and we would hang out and listen to music together. Thinking about that, I suppose that's when I really started to learn a little bit about the UK culture. Chris was from Birmingham originally. One night, I introduced Chris and Tisha to one of my favorite beers, one that's no longer made, Prior Double Dark. The four of us consumed multiple cases of it. After Chris and Tisha left, Rick and I went to our room and I quickly fell asleep, probably more like passed out. A few hours later, I woke up to some commotion down the hall. Apparently, Rick couldn't handle all the beer. My mother heard the commotion, too, and went out to check on Rick, who was heaving over the toilet. Between rounds, I heard Rick say, Please, Mom, don't tell Micah. She never did. I remember Chris bought a Sanyo M9994 boombox from me. This thing was huge. Operated on the mains or 12 D-sized batteries. That's 18 volts. It was the size of a large briefcase and had amazing sound. It had audio inputs and outputs so you could connect other components to it. A built-in AM, FM radio and a cassette deck. This was a perfect item on the road, in a hotel room and for small apartments. A complete stereo system with a handle. We sold it for about $300, but C-Line, that's cost, was 200 That's what Chris paid for it. I think the store had about 18 points on Sanyo, but I couldn't go below C-Line. Brooke Shields came into the store. This was when she was a model, before she was an actress. Pre-pretty baby. I recognized her. So did my friend Steve. We even managed to get her on video, but who knows what happened to the tape. She and her mom came in wanting to buy a Sony Trinitron TV. They left with Hitachi. To this day, though, my friend Steve says the stupidest thing he has ever said was when Brooke Shields was leaving the store, and he said, Good luck with your career. When he tells the story, he says, Here I am, some schlub in a t-shirt and jeans, making a living selling stereos in a creepy hi-fi store, wishing this rich, young fashion model good luck in her career. What was I thinking? What was she thinking? Jeez. Then there was Chopped Liver Man. Yes, Chopped Liver Man. That's the only way I know him. He was an older retired guy, not sure how old, but he came in with his adult daughter looking for a radio. He told me he had trouble receiving his favorite radio stations where he lived, and I helped him find a radio I was sure would work for him. He said he was never able to find a salesman in any store that was willing to listen to what he needed. He said that they all treated him like chopped liver. Well, I said, you're in luck. I love chopped chicken livers, and my mother and my grandmother make the best I've ever had, so I'll be treating you with a great deal of respect. Well, then he told me he was a retired chef and at one time owned his own kosher deli that was known for the best chopped liver in the New York metropolitan area. Apparently, he loved the radio as a couple of days later, he and his daughter came back to the store. He brought me some of his own chopped liver that he made special for me. He was right. It was great. His daughter told me he hadn't made chopped liver in years, and he never buys anything, just looks. So giving this gift was really meaningful to him. I really appreciated it, too. He became a regular customer. Sometimes I would have just the opposite experience. A mother and son came in once. It was obvious, based on how they presented themselves, they were well off. But that never bothered me. People with money want to bargain just as much as the next guy. The boy was preteen, quite pretentious, and very entitled. He said, It's my birthday, and I can pick out something as a present, so show me something. 
Well, this was unique. Show him something? I had a counter that was 10 meters long, three levels of showcases in front of me, and four levels of cabinets behind me. These were filled with anything from boom boxes to clock radios to short wave sets to microphones to tone arms and on and on and on. Show him something? What would you like to see? I asked him. I don't know. Show me something was his reply. Okay. So I was in front of the clock radios. I took out a high-end Zenith R472W, the same radio I had next to my bed at home. In fact, my niece Hannah now has it and still uses it. Before I could get it to the counter, the kid says, That's not what I want. Show me something else. So I went to grab another radio, and I get the same response. At this point, I knew this wasn't going to go well, no matter what I did. So I said, Son, I have hundreds of items here, and a lot of customers that want help. I'm happy to show you what you want to see, but you need to have an idea of what you want before I can do anything else for you. Why don't you give it some thought, and I'll get back to you. At which point the kid says, Don't call me son. It's your job to take care of me. Show me something. I told him he could wait for another salesperson, as I was going to move along and help someone that knew what they wanted. The kid screamed and left the store with the mother running after him. About ten minutes later, the mother came back in, pushed her way to the front of my current customer and said, I'm sorry he was so rude. You were very good to him. And she tried to hand me a $20 bill. I refused the money, a bit shocked to have it even offered to me. But she insisted, and put it in my shirt pocket before she turned to leave. Okay, so one more customer story. Something really amazing when I look back on it. A mother and daughter came in together. Again, I could tell they were quite well off. The mother had a European accent of some sort and was very attractive. Her daughter appeared to be college age, and also very good looking. They were looking for a high-end portable professional cassette deck something along the lines of a Marantz PMD430 or a Technics RS646DS, along with a mic. Why did they need this, you ask? Well, the daughter had tickets to Elvis Costello's Armed Forces record release tour. This was the first time Elvis was touring the USA. On March 31, 1979, he was playing the Palladium, once known as the Academy of Music, and the opening act was the Rubenews. I was so jealous. Elvis Costello was about the hottest thing going at the time. I tried to get tickets but had no luck. I really loved his music. Still do. The daughter was ready to spend big money to record the show. It was really big money back then. Those cassette decks had list prices of over $400. The mic I recommended for it, a Sony ECM-990F, a one-point stereo electric condenser microphone with a directional axis selector, well, it listed for about $200. When they heard the prices, they got a little hesitant, and I could see they were starting to think twice. I said, Too bad I'm not going with you. I could borrow this stuff, make the recording, and get copies to you. Their eyes lit up, both of them. The mother said, Really? Would you like to take her? And the girl said, I'd love to go with you, both at the same time. Now, most of you guys have seen me. I mean, sure. I have less hair now, and the hair I have left, and my beard have turned gray, but I haven't changed that much. I'm no catch. I wasn't then either. But both these women were thrilled for some reason. The day came. I borrowed the equipment from the store and went to pick up my date. She and her mom lived in a multi-level apartment in a luxury high-rise in Fort Lee, New Jersey, overlooking the Hudson River in Manhattan. Boy, did I feel out of place. I was offered some wine, which I refused as I was going to be driving into Manhattan. The girl came downstairs and off we went. 
I was able to get the tape deck and Mike in past security at the Palladium, and we settled down for the concert. I was sitting there quietly, trying to get the best sound I could, but I couldn't keep her quiet, and the technology of the day just didn't allow for much of a recording. It was on the way home I found out this girl was still in high school. I'm really glad I did, as it would have been one of those I swear, Judge, I had no idea kind of moments if things went the way she wanted them to go. I made copies of the tapes and got them to her and never saw her nor her mother again. Sometime in April, I decided to head back to Ohio to visit my friends back on campus. I borrowed a Sanyo M9990 to bring along. It was a slightly smaller version of the one I sold to my friend Chris and it only required 10 D-sized batteries. Being that it had a built-in clock radio, it was perfect for travel. I flew out of Newark on a TWA 727. Back then, there was no real limit to carry-on baggage, and I just took it on board with me. There was a big luggage rack and closet by the front boarding door, and I asked the flight attendants if I could stow the unit there. Sure, they said, as long as we can use it while we're in the air. I told them that would be great. They moved me from coach into an empty first-class seat. The flight was pretty empty, so we turned on the boombox, and the passengers, flight attendants, and I had a bit of a party on the way to CMH. I let them know if they ever wanted one for themselves to come see me, and I'd take care of them. I was finally awarded a graduate assistantship in the fall of 1979, and I went back to school. But I continued to return to Crazy Eddie's to pick up some extra cash on breaks for some time to come. Eventually, they let me go, and I went on to another stereo shop, which turned into a whole new adventure. But that's a story for another time. But it's just kind of amazing how a part-time Christmas job can sometimes turn into a lifetime of memories. And one more quick thing before I go. Remember my story from a couple of years ago titled Moogoo Guy Christmas? I told you about my friend Laura and how she had a next-door neighbor, Connie, who was in her late 90s and had never had Chinese food. How Laura and I took her out for her first-ever Chinese restaurant experience on Christmas Day. Well, sometime in June, Connie had a fall and had to go into rehab. I visited her there in July on her birthday, brought her cupcakes, and she was as feisty as ever. Well, unfortunately, things went downhill from there, and a couple of weeks ago, Connie left this world at 98 years old. It's not terribly sad, really. She was ready to go and made it clear she wasn't frightened by the thought. But if you would, do me a favor when you say your Christmas prayers this year. Think about Connie and the smile she had on her face that Christmas day a few years back when she had her first taste of subgum wonton soup. So, for the plane-talking safety geeks, airline pilots, spectacular Christmas extravaganza 2021, or whatever we're calling this, from here in Portland, Maine, in the USA, Merry Christmas from your main man, Uncle Micah. Thanks for that story, Micah. As always, well done. Great work. And... Uh Perhaps we can we can have a uh, an Easter story. I think next for the Easter special. Hopefully things will be a lot better by then. What do you think? Things will be better by things will be better by Easter next year, guys. Twenty twenty two will be far better year. Hi everyone, it's Myla here with a Christmas story for you. I hope you're cozy and warm. Well, with a bit of a wink to Uncle Micah, this is a Christmas story starting in three, two. December is a time of stories. We get together with those we love and we share food, love and memories. No matter our background or culture, in a time of darkness we find each other and share a little magic. As a child I grew up with the magic of Sinterklaas, a patron saint riding a white horse across the rooftops. 
delivering presents to small children on December 5th. I remember staring out the window at night, hoping to catch a glimpse of Amerigo, the horse. One of the boys from down the street told me he had seen them riding on the roof the night before. It had to be true. My dad grew up with a different Christmas story, but just as magical. On December 24th, they would walk down to church for the Christmas Eve Mass, a Mass that ended at midnight to celebrate the start of Christmas. One night, they had come out of the church and the wall had suddenly been covered in a beautiful blanket of magnificent snow. It was magical. When they had gotten home, angels had come down from heaven and left them a Christmas tree, fully decorated with lights and presents underneath. It had to be true, because some of the angels here had gotten caught in the branches and stuck among, amongst the decorations. For those of us that don't know, angel hair is a fine spun glass fibre Christmas tree decoration, used to soften the harsh light of Christmas tree light bulbs. It had to be the angels. It had to. All over the world, people reach out to reach others in this time of year. We light candles, decorate our homes, we celebrate the return of light, the end of a year, or our religion. And what we all have in common is the need to get together and see each other. Even if, as we grow up and the truth of the magic is revealed in form of parents or aunts helping a hand, we continue to find each other. Life can be dark sometimes. The story of our life holds winter times as well as spring, summer, and fall. We might struggle feel lonely or see the world around us change into something we would rather not. In these moments, it's up to ourselves and the people around us to share a little light, share some magic, tell a story. When I joined this community six years ago, I didn't realize yet what I had found. I felt the need to reach out and I found so much more than I had hoped for. Right now, I absolutely do know. This aviation community is like a big found family. We've held each other over the course of years. We've grown, we've loved, and we've cried. We've supported one another, and we've overcome. Even if the world is not the same as perhaps a year or two ago, things will be okay. Things will be glorious. I wish you a little magic. Love, smile, drink, and love each other. We have a wonderful holiday season. I love you, and see you soon. Hey team, I want to start out by wishing everyone, all of our listeners, our fellow podcasters and co-hosts, a very happy holidays for 2021 and just a wonderful wishes for 2022. I hope that everybody gets everything that they're wishing for in the new year. Um, sorry I missed the uh, live recording of the Christmas special, but I think you guys were asking about uh, 2021 year in review. For me... 2021 started out pretty interesting. I was flying a, a DC-3, a turbine DC-3 uh, on a contract basis out in Southern California. And I gotta tell you, there's not many more iconic aircraft that I can think of that are still flying, especially as a young pilot to still have the opportunity or to get the opportunity to fly an aircraft like that. in such a unique uh, mission configuration, um, the people that I was working with were just awesome and just what a cool airplane to fly. And and that kind of leads into my highlight for 2021, which was actually visiting the team up at Basler Aircraft in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. 
I ended up having the opportunity to go up there a couple times, I think three total trips. Uh, President Joe Varcoli and his entire staff up there were incredibly welcoming. They let us run through not just their factory, but their uh, containers and containers of parts. And there's a, a great barn full of, of DC-3 parts back from uh, Warren Basler. And, and it was just like a, a kid in a candy store. It was, it was just a surreal dream for any aviator, but especially somebody who nerds out over classic aircraft to be able to run around those facilities and those buildings. And like I said, when we featured it on the podcast, those people are nothing short of just complete uh, artisans and, and craftsmen and just absolute geniuses at what they do. They remanufacture parts from drawings from 1942. And uh, it just, just, for me as an aviator and really just a person that was that was absolutely a highlight of my aviation career was to run around the 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 facility up there at Basler Aircraft. Um, after that contract ended, I ended up back in in the corporate world. So here I am flying corporate and charter, which has been amazing. It's it's just a little bit different than airline flying. And it's something I really enjoy. For 2022, I think my goal is to add on a new jet type rating. Uh, hopefully that's uh, that's on track right now. It's kind of scheduled, but I'm hoping to do that in uh, in March or February of 2022, and then get to fly that that new jet in a in a charter uh, outfit. Um, so that's that's pretty much it for 2022 as far as aviation goes, and we'll just keep flying corporate. See uh, see how the world turns this year. Um, but I, I just want to close with a little bit of thank you to Carlos. Carlos, the, the vision, the brain behind the show. Thank you for creating this. Um, 2021 was a great year for us as a podcast. I think we had some really high vis uh, interviews. We, we gained some, some new listeners and, um, really some, some notoriety in the podcast community. Nev, just what a valuable insight. His, his long aviation. Uh, passenger experience and his immense knowledge of aircraft. And uh, I, I only wish I had a, a smidgen of the knowledge that those guys have. Um, and and Nev's content creation ability in, in the AV side is just uh, amazing. And I think you guys can saw you guys saw that in in some of the quality products that we produced this year. Not just for this podcast, but for some pe- uh, fellow podcasts also. Matt, technical genius, the guy that's always. Uh, hoofing it before the show and pressing all the buttons and keeping everything straight during the show. Um, just an all-around great person to to be on a podcast with, but just to know as a as a person, he's just a genuine friend. And and of course, John. Nobody nobody understands how much work John puts into this show and the behind the scenes, the production, the reaching out to potential guests, the handing out of cards and and really seeking out leads. John is is the mastermind behind that. So many thanks to him. Uh, to all the BFFs, all the other podcasts, thank you for being loyal listeners and for including us in your community. Uh, just recently, we were at APG 500. It was great to meet everyone there and we all share stories, but uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without without the supporters and the Patreons, um, but the listeners that, that keep tuning in and downloading the show and viewing the show on YouTube. So thank you to all of you. 
And then lastly, I can't, uh, I can't close this without thanking my family, Megan and Maddie, for being so supportive of an aviation career, which is not an, a an easy career to be a, a, a part of, um, especially when uh, there's some late nights and then some short notice call outs. And, uh, sometimes I get home and I don't even know where I was during that day, but uh, I couldn't do it without their love and support. And I love them that much right back for uh, for loving me for what I do. Um, so everybody else, have a great end to 2021 and a fantastic 2022. We'll see everybody at the 400th. Right, so we have got a Christmas quiz to uh, to play, um, but we're first going to do a quick um, our, from our guests, a uh, host, uh, a quick uh, couple of minutes sort of kind of uh, thoughts as how you'd like to see 2022 pan out. So at the top of the list, then we'll go uh, with Micah. How would you like 2022 to pan out? Quick. Very quickly, I am looking forward so much. I'm hoping this things remain open and I'm going to be able to visit with you guys over there in the UK in February. Brian mm. and I made plans that last April. Uh, we're meeting in Chicago because, as Paul said, flying from the East Coast to the UK is just far too short. So Brian's going to fly from Pasadena. And I refuse to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's going to fly from Pasadena to Chicago. I'm going to fly from Portland to Chicago. We're going to meet up there and we're going to fly across the pond together to, uh, to visit with all you guys in the uk and celebrate ptuk 400 and just the other day brian said what do you think about farnborough this year so i'm making some inquiries hmm. and uh, brian you yeah well mike it just took two of mine the ptuk event the um hopefully farnborough i actually have a question for the audience um, something that could probably go to my real email address instead of I am offended or I am really offended <laughs> at yahoo.com, uh, which is I want to go to the Dubai air show and I'd Ooh. love to fly in Emirates and I don't want to pay for the ticket. And I would love to do some credit card <laughs> bonuses to, um, to, to get the ticket. So what credit me, cards me should I get in order to mm. qualify for the bonuses to fly on, on Emirates since uh, there apparently aren't any friends and family programs that I can take advantage of unless if Captain Nick wants to um, sponsor me on, on uh, uh, Virgin uh, to get over there. So, <laughs> I, don't so think, I don't think I can get on, on Virgin <laughs> at the moment. I wonder yeah. if anybody here has any ideas about that, Paul. <laughs> Uh, no, I, 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 the only thing I know is I, I'm pretty sure that from the U.S. side, you'd have to have flown a lot of JetBlue or maybe Alaska to have something with Emirates, but that's pretty much... No, I was I, thinking like through the Chase credit cards or a combination of oh American Express and Chase and just how to get... Uh, anyway, it, again, off, off off topic or off off camera, we could we could do this, but that is my goal is to is to get to uh, Dubai. Excellent, and uh, Captain Nick, same for you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting a Dow and sailing it to Dubai. Oh. That would probably be the best way to get there, I think. Um, no, I'm uh, I'm really lo looking forward uh, to next year because uh, I truly think that the science is now getting so good and so quick at responding 
to um, the changes uh, in our current viral condition that uh, it will become easier and easier to cope and the swings will become steadier and lower until um, things, as long as we keep our guard up, as we would for any major problem, things will start to ease. And uh, I'm, I'm very positive about next year. So um, let, let's all hope it turns out to be a great new year and uh, I wish us all well. And Paul... Yeah, same. Basically, what you guys said, just having more travel, more people finding their jobs back in travel, people being joyful again, families being reunited, friends being reunited, seeing all you guys at the 400, honestly. And for me, as I hinted at earlier, being able to go back to Japan and Asia in general, that they open up a bit without 21 days quarantine like in Hong Kong, right? <laughs> uh, I hope that happens. Um, um, yeah, so let's come on. I, I, it's Christmas. We need to have miracles. So let's have a better 2022 than uh, 2021. And yeah, like, like Brian, I also want to keep some of my status yeah. around, please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Matt? Um, yeah, I think uh, for me, something I'm hoping is going to happen is our America trip that's been cancelled six times now is hopefully going to go ahead in uh, 2022 <laughs> yeah we just keep moving it back by wow. either three or six months in some sort of optimism that we'll be allowed to travel to the u.s but uh fingers crossed for 2022 that we'll mm. get there and uh, nev yes i would like to do a trip to the u.s on a single aisle aircraft <gasps> so an a321 lr for example that would be nice um, if I'm allowed uh, so I can do a review of it because I'm still not convinced, uh, although I'm sure it's a perfectly nice, you know, aircraft and the food and all the rest of it. But uh, just that whole service and galley business uh, it interests me a lot. So I'm hoping I can do that. At some point. Well, Nev, if you need um, a caddy to carry any of your kit, just give us a shout. I'm happy to uh, come <laughs> along. Absolutely. Um, and just one other thing, you know, we've been talking about the, the flight crews, the cabin crews, the airline business, obviously very important because that's what the show's all about. Spare a thought, though, for those folks in hospitality though those those hotels those independent coffee shops all those sort of people that mm. we all rely on when, when we go to work because we pop in somewhere for a coffee or a sandwich or a baguette or whatever it is uh, th these guys and girls have suffered terribly over the last couple of years as well so let, let's hope that uh, 2022 is better so that they can have a better time of it as well i blooming do i totally agree 100 percent there nev absolutely so it's time for the P2K Christmas quiz. So we've got two teams. Uh, we've got Team Airbus, uh, which is, of course, uh, captained by Nick. You'll be pleased to know. Uh, We've with, renamed uh, ourselves. We're the side stickers. The side stickers. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got uh, First Officer Micah and uh, Flight Engineer Paul with Team Airbus. Yeah. And I just Excellent. want to point out, I've been studying and I know in a, a three-person uh, crew that the first officer has uh, some responsibilities, and that is uh, gear up, flaps up, shut up. And I'm going to be good with that. Well done. <laughs> 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 and on Team Boeing, we have Captain Nev. Hello. Oh, yes. Excellent. Uh, with first officer Matt. 
Are we there? Yeah. Hang on, hang on. I'm on the Boeing team. Right? Yes, yeah. you are. What's this? What's okay. this? You, you do, you do a 737 uh, you know, podcast as well, Matt. Uh, so I just True. thought, well, I'd stick you on the, on the Boeing team. And uh, flight engineer Brian Coleman. If he's there, Brian, still with us? Yeah. Yes, yeah. good. Excellent. Still You're still here. Yeah. Excellent. Right. So I, 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 I was nodding um, with enthusiasm. <laughs> he really not, wasn't nodding off well. to sleep. So, <laughs> okay. Doesn't well, go over well on a We'll move swiftly on then. Uh, so, we have got uh, 10 pictures of airliner flight decks. And uh, each team will get a picture to view, and you've got to guess the aircraft type. Uh, you'll get a bonus point if you can guess the model, correct model number, i.e. dash 400, dash 8, dash 9, whatever that is. Uh, if you guess incorrectly, the pitch will be offered up to the other team to guess and steal a point. Uh, if uh, the correct aircraft type is guessed but not the model type can't be guessed, then the bonus point will be offered to the opposing team. So... Team side stickers <laughs> or team airbus. <laughs> Honestly, you guys. Right, we're going to uh, get this one, first one lined up here. So here we go. So your first picture here for team side stickers. Here we go. So what aircraft is this? Oh, God. I can't see. It's too small. Can you make it bigger? That's what she said. That, that is yeah. what she said, yeah. Well, uh, it, we it's ended. got very Boeing-looking control columns, isn't it, boys? Uh, three engines. Three engines, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's it's not an Airbus. Uh, so what are we... Uh, uh, it could be a 7-2 or a I think it's a 7-2. I think it's too small for a TriStar. But I... You're right. Although those those bloody yokes that you could drive a uh, I don't know a JCB with those. Oh, in fact, you probably are. Oh, it um, could be a DC ten because I think didn't did they have different yokes? I don't know. I can't. You see, it's not enough detail. Not Normally, enough Boeing detail, have honestly. their logo on the. And now I can't see it at all because. You know whose face? Just <laughs> right. So, what we're going to go with then, guys? What uh, What is this? Um, Which one? Are what you do you What do you reckon, Micah? Do you reckon it's a DC ten or a? Uh, I'm going to guess a seven two. Yeah, we'll go with seven two seven. You're going to go with seven two seven. Are you going to? Uh, and it, we're going to go seven two seven dash two hundred. You're going to go dash two hundred. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, we you, got to we got to guess at a. You you were correct. Model. Well done, ding ding ding. <laughs> oh, wow, chicken dinner, winner winner, chicken dinner. Well <laughs> done, guys. Be a time limit on this? Are they have uh, no, no time limit. Oh, there yeah. is for you, but perhaps, perhaps we should have a time limit. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, I think you could do the time limit in the edit. So okay, okay, team <laughs> team Boeing. This one is for you. Then uh, here we go. Coming up on the screen right now. So Nev, Matt, and Brian, what is right. this? Right, that is. Oh, right. Ooh. I wish it. Is that a? Is it a Falcon? Well, I was just thinking, is that a? Well, these are all. These are all commercial airlines. No, I think this is a. Um, the Jungle Jet. The former C series. Oh, the A two twenty. I think this is an A two twenty. Um, 
Would you like the manufacturer's serial number as well? No, not the, not <laughs> no, okay. that doesn't um, doesn't need to. Uh... <laughs> now, um, well, I think it's an A two twenty one hundred series. Yes, ding ding ding! Well done, Mr. Bones. Well done, Mr. Blue. Bones. Bravo. Bravo. Right. Okay. Yeah. Team uh, Team Airbus or Side Stick. Uh, here's your one. Oh, it's Russian. With those <laughs> colours. Gotta be. Although it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Boeing did a one with what is that? Turquoise? I wish we could do cabin interiors. I'd be much better at that. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Again, one, two, three it looks like three throttles or is it throttles? Yeah, three throttles. What's the uh, the Russian equivalent of the uh, of the seven two that had that big heavy gear? Um uh, that's a very good question. How quickly can you Google it? Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, go countdown. Wait, wait. I can't hear a countdown. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it it's an illusion. I'll Tridensky. I I. I what? Yeah. What do you reckon, Paul? No, no. I'm going to have to ask for an answer, please. And no, we'll pass it on to Team Boeing. It, no, it resembles like the you know the oh, shit illusion. <laughs> The the Concorde thing, but I think the Concorde didn't have three, but four. So that is an illusion yeah. something. But illusion, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, it's the illusion equivalent of the 7-2, but I can't remember the number. And we've just given uh, Matt enough to okay. be able to guess it. Airbus, team Airbus, what's your final answer? Uh, yeah, the, one, the, one, five, four, whichever. I don't know. I don't know. One, five, four. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, final answer we'll go is? I haven't got a clue. What? what, what People what? have illusion. What, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, I need that. Need that final. That final answer. Illusion for sure, but then I don't know the. the... No, so you're going with illusion, yeah. Yeah, uh, one five four. That's I'm having like a bad illusion. illusion you're right going now. with illusion one five four, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Boeing, it's uh, passed on to you. Oh. Google did by now. Yeah, I would have given it to him. Oh, I haven't got a clue. No idea. Yeah, without Google, no. Captain Nev. Um, can we go with Russian? You can, I mean, you, close you, enough? It is, it is Russian, yes, but that, that's yes. not the... Uh... Oh, what, are you helping them now? Those colours <laughs> make me want to have a vomit. The, the colours give it away, Paul. Um, unfortunately, three-engine uh, Russian Korea, aircraft oh. aren't my speciality. Okay, so, Nev, you're giving up. Um, I would say it's a one uh, Tupolev 144. <sighs> okay, we're going to give you... Half a point for that. It's uh, uh, it's a tuple of. I'm the one that came up with the Russian. It's a tuple of TU 154. We said 154. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. We said 154. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know. That's no. exactly what I said. I, I didn't know the model number, but that's exactly what I said. I mean, you, right. you, you we'll, we'll give us a point. Okay, we'll give, we'll give you a half, po- half we'll a give you each. we'll give you a half a point each then for that one. Hey, because, yeah, okay, right. right. And Isn't that the uh, same as neither of us getting a point. Yeah, that is exactly the same. (laughs) Right, Team Boeing, this is your one. Here we go. There seems to be a common theme with all these. Yes. Uh, Right, well, that is a... Oh, dear. It'll be a Trident? It's either... Well, it could... Yeah, let's have a think. It's either a... Is that a DC-10? 
Or is it a I'm trident? I'm ready to take that one. Or, oh boy. Um, what other three engine stuff is there? MD-11? <clears throat> I... Whose team are you on? Who? Team Boeing are on at the minute. Nev, Matt, and Brian. Oh, okay. No. I I would say that is a DC ten dash ten. You'll get half a point for that, uh, Mr. Bounds. You're right with a DC-10. Um, it's up for Team Airbus if you want to get the particular model number. I thought you said as a bonus point if we got the, uh, the dash yeah, we, cranks. We can yeah, get no, bonus they should point have the bonus point now. <clears throat> yeah, you see, we've got half a point. You have got half a point. You got the the. You got one point. I should say. You got one point for that because you got the, the first part right. So correct there. So you got one. Thank point. you. Carry on. Carry on. So if you if you can guess, guess the uh, derivative what? of this particular model, uh, Airbus guys, mm-hmm. it's a DC ten dash three thirty three thirty dash thirty dash. correct. Yeah. Winner winner. Chicken dinner. Half a point for uh, for. Were you. there any others besides us two? Oh, uh, I think the ten was because yeah. the other right. guy, the, the ten so. and then the thirty. <laughs> yeah. Right here we go. Airbus, uh, I think. Airbus guys, this is uh, for you. Oh dear. Oh, they'll okay. never get this. That's an Airbus. <laughs> yeah, I, that is, isn't it? it it's it, definitely an Airbus. Yeah, but is it one of yours, Nick? Because then, if it's not, then we can narrow it down to only three others. Well, it's only got two engines by the looks of it. Oh, yeah, it's blurry. That's just a bit. The printer's on the wrong side. What? It's on the wrong side? Printer. The printer's on the right normally. Oh. Any ideas then, right. uh, Team Airbus? What is this? Hang on a minute. I'm looking. I'm looking for some clues. All right, guys, it's it's going to be. I don't know. Uh, could be a three thirty. I refer you to you. Final answer, yeah. Mister Anderson. Uh, we're going to go for uh, a three. It looks like LCD screens, so we'll go with a three thirty three hundred. <laughs> Incorrect, Team Boeing. It's over to you. God, embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, A320. Um, oh, so gone. Yeah. A32200. Nev, is that your final answer from your team? It is, yes. I'll give you half a point for that. It was an A320, uh, but it is an A320 Neo. Uh, Neo. I thought it yeah, looks from the yeah. 80s. But but they know, they the look Neo. no different inside. How can you tell that? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, you see, you, you, I thought you'd you know. I thought you'd you'd boss this one, uh, Matt. They you'd be the good. printer. <laughs> no, the printer's still on the right. There, well, someone's the just printer put a there's piece... on the left. No, it's just a piece of paper curled up. The printer's still oh, on the right. Oh, that's not fair. He's tried to fool you there. Yes, <laughs> I'm easily fooled. Right, so this is uh, Boeing's uh, uh, guess for this next one. Here we go. Nev, are you ready? Your team. Yep. <clears throat> Okay. I would say 
that is a well they all begin with bloody seven <laughs> I would say that's a 747 100 because it looks a bit well it's got no screen so it's not no. it's going to be something so it's not a <clears throat> so it's, it's either a 100 or 200 isn't it so mm. final answer net um which one that's right yeah God. I, i'm going to go for a 747 100 you give you one point for that you're right it is a 747 uh, model number is not correct, though. Hand it over to Air, Team Airbus if you can uh, guess the correct uh, model number. It's not a Dash 100, as Nev said. So what are we going to go with, guys? 200? That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good as any. We'll yeah. go with the Dash 200. That's correct. Well done. Hooray! It is a Dash 200. Hooray! Well done. One point to, uh, to you guys. Right. So let's go with the next one then, Team Airbus. This one is for you. Enough with these super modern aircraft. What is? Um, God, look at that rudder trim. <laughs> it's as big as half a house. <laughs> <laughs> commercial aircraft, you said, right? Yeah, these are all commercial, uh, commercial passenger aircraft. Yeah. Well, it's another bloody tri-holer, three-holer. Um, it looks kind of weird, doesn't it? It looks yeah. French. What do you reckon? <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think there are any commercial French. Yeah. Well, How about the Dassault? Don't Dassault do some? Are they, they're not commercial. They're private. Not, yeah. not for airlines. I mean, they do, yeah. but not. Uh, those are private jets or business jets. Um, okay. And uh, it's old. It doesn't have tapes like the Lockheed. Oh, it's kind of squared off. Well, it's definitely... I don't think it's a Boeing, is it? It doesn't look like Boeing. No. It hasn't got... The and if it's kind of the Boeing. I can think of is an L-1011. But I don't have tapes. What are we going for for your final answer, yeah, Mr. Yeah, we'll Anderson? go with the TriStar. Uh, yeah. And you're correct with the TriStar. Well done. It is a TriStar L-1011, but uh, you didn't get the model number, unfortunately. Oh, would you want model number? Can yeah, you have the model easy. number? Go on, then. Yeah, we can. That's uh, uh, 100. No, that's sorry. That's not correct. So you only got one point for that. Uh, Nev, open to you if you can guess the model number. Well, obviously, it's a Dash 500, isn't it? And again, sorry, that's also incorrect. It's a Dash 300. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, it. guys. Right, next. Uh, this, is, uh, this is yours, Boeing, isn't it, Team Boeing? This is your one. Uh, here we go. This is yours. Oh, that's easy. I recognise the door. Um, Flying without pilots. <laughs> right. Actually, you're right there, Paul. It is flying with no one there. It's probably a comp or yeah, with a pilot. Well, that's going to be a... Brian, unless you've got any... Uh... I was going to go a 787. Matt, I wouldn't have gone that... Oh, any ideas, yes. Matt? 
Well, I was thinking, yeah, it's got that lower screen between the, uh, whatever they call them, FMCs, <laughs> the, the Boeing McDo's. Um, yeah, that screen in the bottom there would, it's, so it's not a 7.3. Um, it's not the Max or anything. So, yeah, I would say that's what my guess would be, 7.8.7. Seven. I thought they think, had bigger uh, screens than that, but. Yeah. yeah, so and in the upper, see the upper left-hand <clears throat> corner, upper right-hand corner. I was looking, I couldn't tell if that was the HUD, and I don't. The more that I look at it, since this picture is so damn small, I don't think it is. No, it's just that lower screen that's throwing me off. Final answer, Mister Bones. Did the seven six have? I, I wonder if it's a seven five or seven six. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, with nice pretty displays. Like yeah. Um, right, here we go. I think it's a 757 200. 7.5's got brown oh. interior, though, hasn't it? <gasps> All the, the panels are, and surrounds are brown. Excuse a bit, a bit of contention from your first officer. Answer. Sorry? A bit of contention from the first officer there. Uh, Captain Nev, the what are you going just for? just given his answer. Captain Nev? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Stick he actually with... said, "I think I'm going to go for." It. He didn't say I am. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Nev, final answer. I, I, I am going to stick with seven five seven two hundred. That's incorrect. Sorry, that is completely incorrect. Team Ooh. Airbus, over to you. God. So, what do we reckon, guys? Is it actually something like a seven three eight hundred? I'll go with that. Is that your, uh, really is that your final answer, team, uh, team Airbus? Yeah, we'll go with 73800. That's correct. Two points. Well done. <laughs> wow. Suck it up, Boeing. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's have a look at the next one. This is uh, Team Airbus's last one. Is that ours? How tacky bits of paper stuck on the control <laughs> sticks. Nick, I'll be very surprised if you don't get this one. Shocked if you don't get this one. With I was going to say, it's, it's all I'm surprised they don't have it. I, I, I didn't mean that in an, in an old sense. With the, um, with the wires and the box on top, is it a DeLorean from Back to the Future? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it's got great big trim wheels, huge. So it's got to be a well early one. I was uh, uh, first. I thought a Viker Viscount, but that cannot be that because I don't think. How many engines? You reckon two? I see two. How about a BAC one eleven? What do you reckon, guys? I'll trust. I don't know. I trust. Uh, neither do I. I. I, I Final answer. I, I'm Mr. just trying to think Anderson. of that bloke, Captain, being sucked out the window. Do you think he'd fit out of that window? <laughs> yeah, we'll go for a, a one eleven. <laughs> yeah. 100 series. Absolutely correct. Well done, yes! Mr. Anderson. Oh. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> right there, right there. Right. Let's go with the last one for Team Boeing then. And uh, here we go, Mr. Bounds. Captain Bounds. Here we go. Oh, mm. right. I'm just okay. so surprised. Hey. Matt, you're usually so good at this. Right, yeah, well, that's, that's, uh, that's an A340. Yeah, it's got to be A340, hasn't it? And what variant is it? That's the question, isn't it? I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, I sheer bit of food spillage on the uh, captain's seat, so it's probably well, Captain Nick. I don't. I don't know what the um, uh, sort of chronological order of the 340 was to the 320, but the transponder on this one is the newer version that we have on the 320. Oh yeah, I was going to mention. So that. Yeah. if the <laughs> The 340 went along the same uh, development pace as ours, then it's a newer 340. And um, also it's got the cameras, isn't yeah. it? That, that screen in the middle. Yeah. Um, so do you think it's a 340-600? I would say so, yeah. Final answer, right. Mr. Bounds. That's our final answer, A340-600. Correct. Well done. Two points. Ooh. Well done. Nice. Right, well done, uh, we're going to uh, tot these uh, tot easy. these points up. I mean, be fair. Uh, Nick, no. is that correct? Do you, is that <laughs> yeah. a newer is that a newer transponder? No, guys? I was looking at the the cameras. I, I've flown with about three different types of transponder in the three four. Oh, right, so yeah. I know the cameras are giveaway. So I have the scores, and they are on the doors, and uh, the winners of the PTUK Christmas are. competition. Ah, drum roll. Are we a reindeer's ass? It's winners. <laughs> it is We're Captain both. Nick with Team Airbus, the side hey, stickers. Side stickers. Hey. The side stickers. Uh, sorry, Matt, we should have had you on our team to be an Airbus victory, but there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. So well done to you, uh, and Team Carlos, Airbus. What was the score? Okay, so uh, Team Airbus, you uh, scored a lofty nine. Uh, team Boeing, you scored a lofty seven. So there wasn't a lot. Oh, there wasn't no a lot. There so wasn't. A well done, well done, team. Good job. Well done. Cabin is very apt for Boeing. <laughs> so I uh, want cabin interiors for either February or next uh, Christmas show. Yeah, if next, I'm invited, next back. Christmas show cabin interiors. We'll have to. Yeah, uh, we'll we have, have to guess the airline. And I want to be on a team yeah. with Brian, so we're going to wish for. So anyway, we are going to wrap up this Christmas show then. going to say uh, a big thanks to uh, all our guests who have joined us on the Christmas special this year. So big thanks to uh, Micah and Brian and Captain Nick, Paul and Matt as well. And not forgetting uh, Nev as well. Thank you, Nev, as well for joining us and all the team for joining us. And also John, the voice in our ear. Thank, big thanks to you as well. And uh, any last words before we uh, wrap up the show guys yeah may i rest in peace <laughs> thank you thank you nick and uh well anyone else want to say, say i do want i do want to say something Go on, Mike. that is that you know this christmas time is a time when people start to really help one another you see all these wonderful things happen and and, and this good cheer spread and, and and people really reaching out to other people and the, that's one of the things i love about christmas but what i wish and my Christmas wish is that we could just keep maintain this and do the same things throughout the year. Thank you. Agreed. Agreed. Love each other, guys. Love each other. And so speaking of loving people, um, oh. Christmas to me is always a time to reflect not only on the people that we get to see, the people that we unfortunately don't get to see. I really want to mention this year about a loss that the aviation community um, and especially us at the Airplane Geeks came across is uh, the loss of Launchpad Missouri. And 
it was just such a, a terrible situation and um, miss him tremendously. And just wanted to, to do a shout out to, to Launchpad. And uh, yeah. I'm sure he's life, listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just feel so terrible for them. And I don't know, it just wouldn't be a, a Christmas remembrance um, without talking about Launchpad. So, Launchpad, miss you. But he is uh, having Christmas this year with Baron von Richthofen, so I'm sure he's having a good time. Mm, very true. <laughs> he's probably indeed. being shot really? down by him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, don't forget social media links. Nev, before we wrap up, where can people find us on social media when they need to? Yes. Uh, well, don't forget the best place to go to is our website, which is www.plaintalkinguk.com. You can send us an email. Uh, which is uh, podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Don't forget, um, you can look for uh, on the social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole lot. Just do a search for Plain Talking UK and you'll find us on there. And Carlos, if you can remind me of the WhatsApp number. Yes, that WhatsApp number is plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. There we go. So that's it then, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on the Christmas show. And uh, I hope you have a very safe and prosperous new year filled with aviation goodness. So from uh, me, Carlos, here in the PTUK studios, and uh, a special thanks from, from me to all the team for all the hard work this year in 2021. Thanks to Nev, Armando, Matt, and of course, John as well for all your hard work this year. So that's it. See you in 2022 and uh, say goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.